My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's WNR 196, it's WWE versus WCW, and it's WCW Starcade 1998. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. Bob the Builder, can we fix it, Builder? No fucking point at me, this is your shit. Yes, we can. Scoop, Muck and Dizzy, and Rolly too. Lofty and Wendy, join the crew. Pilchard and Bird... Travis and Spud playing together like good friends should. Bob the Builder. Can we fix it? Bob the Builder. Yes, we can. The Builder. Can we fix it? Bob the Builder. Yes, we can. It's Bob being a builder. Isn't there Bob the Builder? And the gang have so much fun working together. They cut off any time. They get the job. Shut so, up. Jo- okay. Now for the intro. In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head-to-head on Monday. The WNR podcast go back 20 years right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with Raw and a WWF's attitude leading the way, WCW needed to fight back. The WNR podcast follows the war blow for blow and month to month. This is WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars, December 1998. And we have a five-point system. We have a five-point system. We have match. Promo. Roster. Setting. And rating. How can I forget? So we are back to end the year of 1998 in WWF and WCW. And let's start with World Championship Wrestling and their biggest show of the year, Starcade. The attendance was 16,066. And the buy rate was 1.15 or 460,000 buys. But was that good? Well, last year, Starcade got 700,000. Wow, so it's a bit of a drop since last year. Of course, last year was Sting versus Hollywood Hogan for the title. But it's December 27th, 1998 in Washington, D.C., MCI Center. And what match have we got to look forward to tonight? We have got the WCW Cruiserweight title match. Billy Kidman versus Rey Mysterio Jr. and Juventud Guerrero. And the winner of that will face Eddie Guerrero for the Cruiserweight title. Norman Smiley versus Prince Arkea. We've got Perry Saturn versus Ernest Cat Miller. We've got Brian Adams and Scott Norton versus Fit Finley and Jerry Flynn. The WCW World Television title match. Conan versus Chris Jericho. Come on, Jericho! 
We've got Eric Bischoff versus Ric Flair. Woo! DDP versus the Giant. Will the Giant feel the bang here tonight? And of course, the WCW World Heavyweight Title match. Kevin Nash versus Bill Goldberg. Well, Tony Schiavone dubbed it the granddaddy of them all when he opened WCW Starcade. In a city where the fate of the world is decided on a daily basis, the fate of WCW, the NWO and the world title... That has not been exist uh, has been existent since nineteen oh five will be decided at the MCI Centre. Welcome to the Grand Eddie Mall, arcade okay, nineteen ninety eight is on the air. Shavoni was joined by Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Professor Mike Tanay. The card had some serious star power as Goldberg was putting his streak and his world championship on the line against Kevin Nash. Rick Flair was facing Eric Bischoff with the presidency of WCW or something on the line, and DDP was taking on the giant because the Giant cost DDP the US Championship. The Cruiserweight Championship would be defended when Billy Kidman took on more on that later. Norman Smiley and Prince I.K. had a match because of reasons. There was a tag team match that had zero impacts on the tag team division. Perry sat and faced the cat, Ernest Miller, because once again, reasons. And Conan, yes, the very same leader of LAX on Impact Wrestling, faced Jericho, the lead singer of Fozzy. I think he wrestled for someone else too. For the television title... By my count, 10 either Hall of Famers or soon-to-be Hall of Famers and Conan were on the card. Yeah, so here we go. We're going to get started. So this is WCW's WrestleMania. It is, basically. It's the biggest show of the year. It's been going longer than WrestleMania as well. predates WrestleMania by two years. Two. And and we're starting off with a WCW advert for QVC on December 30th, which... I suppose it's all right. You know, the commentators are hyped up. What match are you looking forward to the most here tonight? Billy Kidman versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah, it should be a, a cracking match. And I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to all of them, to be fair. I think the Giant versus DDP will be good. Of course, Goldberg versus Nash. But we see Mean Gene at the moment. Just been inducted into the WNR Hall of Fame. Granddaddy of them all. Mean Gene. He's saying strange things going on. No the horsemen are here, apart from Ric Flair. What would the WWE paper be without Mean Gene plugging the hotline? Do you know what I mean? I've not, I, I'll miss it now on normal WWE pay per views. It's a shame. Oh nine hundred ninety nine one hundred calls cost one ninety five. Is that who's backstage? You find that yeah, because he's probably a lot of people. Disco Inferno or fucking Alex is right and his big dong. Have you ever rang one of those numbers? No, I have. It's like hi, welcome to World Championship Wrestling. Press one for the latest backstage news just takes ages to read out a question. That's why they take take so much money off you. But we're going to start for the Cruiserweight title on the line. And here comes partly LW. I mean, the LWO being... I've not been impressed with the LWO, to be fair, and WCW. I know they're trying to give Eddie Guerrero something to do, but it's just not even a proper NWO. And if, and if Eddie Guerrero doesn't like Bischoff, then why is he doing the LWO? Is it to dig at him? And it doesn't seem like Bischoff has been affected because Bischoff is facing flares. He doesn't care about Eddie Guerrero. But will Juventud Guerrero get the job done in this matchup? He is the choice of Eddie. And Rey Mysterio coming out. No music. He's got music now. He's wearing a hooded jacket and he's carrying the LWO t-shirt and he just stomps on it as it's on the ground. Well, Mysterio has turned his back on the LWO and him and Guerrero. He's been a constant thorn in Guerrero's side, I would say, these past, I mean, maybe even a couple of years. Was these two men have had, especially at Halloween Havoc 97, it seems on Nitro recently, Eddie Guerrero and Mysterio have just been having ma- great match after great match, which is not a problem, but maybe you need to freshen it up a little bit sometimes, you know? Yeah, indeed. 
the future of a maskless Rey Mysterio to come. Yeah, we've got all that coming up. You know, we've got the, the kind of the cruiserweight division losing its luster a little bit, you know, and losing some of its core members. I mean, Billy Kidman sticks around, but, you know, it's kind of not the same, really, after all, after we lose Eddie Guerrero, and, of course, we're going to lose Christian. WWE is going to get a lot of shitter in the next year, basically. Like, the amount of talent they lose. But Kidman stays, and he is the Cruiserweight champion. And I've been gosh darn impressed with Billy Kidman in 1998, excuse my language, but what have you thought of the Kidster in 98? Yeah, um, since getting the flock out of the fuck, getting the fuck out of the flock, he has kind of come into his own, and uh, yeah, definitely this is a very, very exciting cruiserweight division that WCW have got. That is one thing they have got going for him. And the thing is, as well, the great thing if they're going to do pay per views like this, you know, to start off the action with a high octane match like this, you know, this should be a great match. You should get the crowd into it as well. And that's what the cruiserweight division, I sort of say, differentiate from, um, of course, what WWE does. Who is it? UV versus... What is it? Triple Threat? Triple Threat match, yeah. Ah. No, and Kidman and Mysterio are friends, though. And they're going to gang up on Guerrero. And try and make him pay for it, of course. LWO. Kidman and Mysterio both nip up. Both leapfrog, miss him out. Oh, my God. Oh, lovely Tiltwell backbreaker from Mysterio. To the juice. No, Mysterio goes running into a big boot from Hoovy. Oh, oh Kidman follows it up with a drop kick. <clears throat> How long will Ray and Kidman work together? At the moment, it's working, and Kidman Irish rips Mysterio into the Bronco Buster. But like you say, these are two guys that know they can't be teaming up all throughout the match. You're going to have to go at some point. I'm sure they'll come unstuck when Juventud uh, is going to get pinned. Well, Mysterio gets caught by Kidman. Oh, here we go, Mysterio accidentally forearming Kidman. Oh, Kidman fights back. Now, these two guys are going to go at it. And it gives Guerrero a chance to get his breath back. And he only going. He's <laughs> cheering it on them fighting. Well, <laughs> and they both turn their attention back to the juice. But that didn't last long. Uh, Kidman was... and Ray are going at it again. Yeah, Guerrero was taunting them. He paid for that. And the ageless Charles Robbins watch. Without a doubt. All three men now just brawling. Kidman's got Mysterio. Just clubbing blows to the back. Now he picks up Hooventude in the corner. Kidman pulled off by Mysterio. Kidman's got Mysterio up on his shoulders. Hoovy off the top. But no, Mysterio rolls through in a pin. Wow, well, Will Barrows, Ray Mysterio onto Juice. Ray goes for the cover, but Kidman pulls him off. And Kidman's showing his strength there as well. Mysterio pulling Kidman away. Now Irish whip to Guerrero. Kidman leapfrogs again. But Guerrero hits a knee to Mysterio. Oh, Will Barrow to double bulldog there from Juventud to Mysterio and uh, Kidman. Now the hill's on top, but rather than going for a pin, just catches his breath back. Well, he covers both men. They both push him off before the free count. Now Juventud's got Ray. No Irish rip, but reverse this time. He rolls under the legs. Kidman catches him with... Kidman gets caught with a chop. And now the juice is being let loose, chopping everything in sight. And now Mysterio and Kidman picks him up, maybe a power bomb, but throws him onto Hoovy. Hoovy tried to go into the corner. Mysterio turned it around. Oh, that was brilliant! German suplex. Hoovy lands on his feet. Kidman caught him with a clothesline. Mysterio catches Kidman with an X Factor. One, two. Oh. 
And he heard the noise, but got caught in the cover himself. Now, Kidman again pulling Mysterio off. And this is really three men wrestling. You know, you talk about how to do a triple threat match. Each man seems connected, both all in the middle of the ring as well. And this all circles round to Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, it seems like he might master controlling the cruiserweight division. The TV sends Kidman to the outside. Oh, shoots Rey Mysterio over the top rope as well. He cross-bodies Kidman. And I don't think Guerrero's going to leave it there. The UV looks like he's going to go flying. Oh, uses the rope. Springboard and just takes out both Ray and Billy. Well, Kidman's in serious trouble here because he can lose the cruiserweight without being pinned. And I mean, that is a trick in the triple threat matches. But Mysterio's so tough as well, so it's going to be difficult for any of these men to go down. Guerrero was double-teamed for a little while, but now seems to be back in control. Now Guerrero going to the top as Mysterio and Kidman get to their feet. Oh, oh, and they both catch him with a drop. Oh, my God. Kidman rolls under. Mysterio trying to hit his head. Picks up an electric chair now. He's on his shoulders, and Guerrero's going to come back in. Springboard. Oh, oh, Hurricane Rana from off Kidman's shoulders to Rey Mysterio. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, only a two count. Two. Kidman there to stop it. But great from all three wrestlers. And now Kidman going for the cover on Guerrero. But he managed to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Kidman look at the suplex Guerrero, but he rolls behind. Gets caught with the elbows. Now Kidman's going to try Bulldog. <laughs> Hits it by and he managed to kick Rey Mysterio at the same time. Turns the juice over, goes for cover. One, two. Oh, no. Managed to kick out. Uh-huh. And Tony's really saying Kidman might be suffering from a torn, voca- torn rotator cuff. If that's the case. It'll be serious pain. Kidman slams down Hoovy. Going to the top now. We went for the huge splash, but Guerrero put his feet up. Mysterio looking to capitalise on it. Springboard moonsault. And Guerrero managing to stop Ray before the count of three. Now Mysterio with a forearms to Guerrero. A little try suplexing, maybe. No, just hanging up Guerrero on top rope. Places him on the outside of the ring. And now Mysterio going all the way to the top. Got Guerrero. Oh, my goodness. Hurricane runners in from the edge of the ring apron down to their wafer-thin mats covering the floor. Well, how thin are those mats? They're mere millimetres thick over pure concrete. Both men and serious John Mysterio trying to get his way back in, but might be going in harm's way because Kidman is a lot fresher now. Going to try and super does so. And now Mysterio's in a position where Kidman might be able to capitalise. Leg drop from the second right from Kidman. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. Juice in to break it up. And Guerrero's been on point stopping the covers here. With a high action here. I mean, this could be over before you know it. So you've got to make sure you're stopping it. Now Kidman's got Guerrero. He's going to maybe powerbomb. Even to trying to block it. But Kidman's caught him. Plants him with a powerbomb. Kidman with a roll-up. Two. Oh, this time Rey Mysterio breaking it up. I mean, this just proves how incredible Rey Mysterio is as an athlete. As well as how good Hooventude and Kidman actually were as well. And Mysterio now has got Kidman. Oh. That's a very innovative version of a bulldog. Goes to recover. But Juice is there to break up the camp. I did actually like Billy Kidman's theme music, you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, that was on WCW as well, so 
They did a couple of things, right? Is Hoovy's got Mysterio up now. Oh. Backbreaker there from Juice. Grab the cover. Two. Oh, no. You knew Kibben was coming to stop that. Well, this match, you haven't really had to kick out. Ah. It's all been broken up for you. And very rarely have we had just two guys in, but now to say that, it's Mysterio and Kidman. Ooh. Mysterio with a 619, and then dodging Kidman. Kidman goes flying to the outside. Kidman and Hooventude both uh, struggling to get to their feet. Rey Mysterio looks in a prone position to do some damage. Yeah, but they're nearly halfway up the entrance way. Mysterio. Oh. Springboard Asai Moonsault off the second rope, taken top out rope. By, off the top rope. Now, Excuse me. So, I can't believe the distance Mysterio managed to get from there. You'll believe a man can fly as Mysterio throws Guerrero in. <laughs> there we go, that might be it. Top rope, springboard, Hurricane Runner. But Mysterio's not finished yet. Guerrero somehow managing to reverse the Irish whip. And now, oh, driver. One, two, oh, Kidman in to break it up. These Latinos, though, they're very religious. Both Ray Mysterio and Juventus Guerrero have got uh, crucifixes on their Right, that, yeah. I find Americans still quite religious as well. Like, you know, kind of believing in God. But I think with the Mexicans, it's definitely you know, like crosses and stuff like that we see, yeah. Oh, that's not general stereotyping. If I'm stereotyping, I apologise. But more rest than anything else. As Kidman now on the top rope. Oh, my word. Throws Mysterio onto Kidman, who Hurricane Rana's Kidman off, Kidman off the top turnbuckle. And that was beautiful, like a tag team move there by Mysterio and Guerrero, but I don't think it was meant to be. Fucking hell, Ray Mysterio, I've only just noticed he's got one on his mask, one on each shoulder, one on each leg. He's nearly got as many crosses as he has question marks. And is here as well. Mysterio is still not, you know, he's the smallest guy in this match. Charles Lawson probably got a better physique than him at the moment. Oh, Kidman, though, getting out of the way of the Hoovy driver. Hits a BK bomb. One, two. two. Uh, Ray, Ray, was, <coughs> Ray was prone to breaking that pitfall attempt up. Mysterio sending Hooventude over the top rope to the outside. Both men are in a prone position. I don't know if he meant to do that. It's like kind of hurricane runner. I don't know if Mysterio just caught Hoovy on the way down. But Kidman is up to the top now. Oh. It's Kidman's turn to go fly, and all three guys have uh, done a high risk, and it's paid off for all of them. Yeah, but that was a shooting star press by Kidman. He risked everything there. And now throws Hoover in, but I can hear booing, so I think someone's coming down. And Charles Robinson is telling Eddie Guerrero he's going to have to wait. Kidman's sending Hoover to the outside, but Hoover hanging him up. And he's getting a huge reaction. Hoover now trying to roll up Kidman. Drops down. He's got the pin, but Charles obviously can't see it. And Eddie going to cost Millie Kidman now. So, no. Ray breaks it up. Turns it back to Kidman. Kidman goes for the cover. Gets it. Mysterio drop kicks Kidman into victory. Eddie can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie is certainly beside himself at the result of this match. And Kidman wins. And what a match that was, Dan. What are your thoughts? Absolutely brilliant. All three spectacular athletes. Yeah, it really was a fantastic open. I mean, both three, the three men showcased what they can do in the ring. You know, you put that kind of talent to start a paper, I think you can only ask.
be good. We, we wondered if it would be good, and it was great, you know. Hoovy performed really well at this time, so he's motivated. The same with Kim and Mysterio, and just the kind of chemistry between all three as well. They've done this before, you know, and you can tell from it that it, it worked. Got the crowd into it as well, which is only a great thing. And, and Kidman walks away, and, and again, can't be more impressed with Kidman. We know Mysterio is an absolute legend, but Billy Kidman really showing it here. And Eddie Graves not happy. He's got the microphone. And he says, Hoovy's let him down. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero is furious, calling Hoovy a moron. Oh, Eddie Guerrero wants to challenge Billy Kidman if he's back there. Well, he has just seen him, but... I mean, Kidman wouldn't be stupid enough to put the Cruiserweight title on the line again, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but he's making his way back out here. Oh, Billy Kidman certainly is a fighting champion. Well, Eddie Guerrero's saying, let him go to the back, get changed, and then he'll be ready for this match. Oh, Kidman's saying, no, right here, right now. And he's saying he's not afraid, he just hasn't had a chance to get ready yet. Which is fair enough, you know. And then Eddie Guerrero just throwing the microphone down in anger. And he's telling Juve and Mysterio to get out of the ring. It's his time. So we're going to see Guerrero versus Kidman now. you got to favour Eddie Guerrero. I mean, we've just seen Kidman in an awesome match. Going to go against Eddie and Eddie get the cheap shot early going. you got to love that about Guerrero. Both men in jeans and, oh my God, Charles Robinson's changed. And now Kidman getting Irish whipped. And Guerrero bringing it with a big clothesline. The leader of the LWO. Beautiful powerbomb. Guerrero goes for the cover. Oh. Kidman managing to kick out. Ah. Guerrero with a small package this time. But again, Kidman managing to kick out. Ah. Oh, and a beautiful chop there by Eddie. Could have been in serious trouble. Irish whipped. <laughs> Eddie just powering Kidman up and dropping him. And then Hoover cheering Eddie on. I don't think he needs any help. This should have been ratcheted out to Mysterio. I can't believe Kidman would take it. He shows he's super tough. But, you know, might be brave, but a little bit dumb. And now Hoover helping Eddie out with the abdominal stretch. Made famous by, of course, Wilbur Schneider. Indeed, yes. It's the fact I've not heard in a little while. And Mysterio coming round to stop the hold. Turns to Hoovy to leave it alone. And there's plan to hold even more. Hoovy helping with two. And Mysterio arguing still at ringside. And Eddie goes out and pushes Mysterio away. But then pushes Hoovy. Oh, Eddie's, is he claiming he can do it himself? But yet yeah, he's the one who put his hand out for Hoovy to grab. Yeah, I don't think we can question Eddie Guerrero. I mean... Leader of the LWO, surely he knows what he's doing. Don't call me Shirley. But yes, Eddie Guerrero is the leader. Big chops, the cowboy boots as well. He could put down Kidman. And a lovely pop-up drop kick there from Kidman. Well, finally, a little bit of offence blocking Eddie. No Kidman with the right hands. <laughs> and the stomping down. A lot of angry Billy Kidman getting out of his system. All the hurdles that Eddie Guerrero's putting his way. But Hoover, even though he shouted at, helped out the leader there for the greater good. Grabbing the leg. And Eddie back in control. Looking for the lasso from El Paso. Just tying Billy Kidman up. Oh yeah, Eddie Rowe has got a submission in. But Kidman's got hold of the arm and got the legs twisted up. There's nothing he can do at the moment. I'm not even sure if he could tap out. And after the war, Kidman's been in to start this off to go against Eddie Guerrero. And we know how dangerous Guerrero is as a competitor. He is very dangerous. But he's also got his minions at ringside as well. He's just added to that the confidence. 
He heard the, the uppercut there. Upper what? And now he's telling the fans exactly what he thinks of them. Kiss my ass. It looks like Mysterio. He's taking Kim and T outside, maybe protect him a little bit. And here comes Hoovy to make sure there's no shenanigans. Irish, rip, Irish whip reversed. And Kibben sends Eddie Guerrero into barricade. But then Hoovy is blatantly as you like, right in front of the referee, grabs hold of Kidman to let Eddie get the shot and again take over. I think he was just helping Billy get up, James. <laughs> he sends Billy Kibben into the ring post. And we are definitely getting a new Cruiserweight champion. Eddie Guerrero, he's just playing at the moment with Kidman. Maybe teaching Mysterio a lesson watching on. He said if you want a job done, you've got to do it yourself. Irish rip into the corner, reversed by Kidman. Bulldog. And he hits on Guerrero, now trying to get back into this. And now just punching away in the corner, goes up top. Hits the 10 punch. And now got the sleeper in, but oh, Guerrero turns into a jawbreaker. And now Eddie Guerrero, I don't know, maybe got a problem loosening his boot. Well, they are not regulation wrestling boots. Well, to be fair, he did say he would change to regulation wrestling attire. But Kidman said, no, don't do it. I'll fight you now. So if it comes back to haunt Kidman, he's only got himself to blame. And a nice slap across the face. But that might have spurred Kidman on. Come on, you Spurs. Kidman now with a big right hand in the corner. And he seems to be taking it up a level. Punching away at Guerrero. Irish whip follows up with a clothesline into the corner. And now Guerrero's got the boot hidden from the referee. I don't think the ref notices. Distracted with Mysterio. And a beautiful shot there by Guerrero. <laughs> I certainly did there. He wants to tie him out because his shoe fell off. <laughs> he just throws it at Mysterio instead. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh. Wow. Kidman just managing to kick out. Oh. I've no idea how he did that. Kidman showing his toughness. Well, if Eddie Guerrero had gone straight into the cover and fucking about with his boot, he might be having a new Cruiserweight champion right oh, now. I think so for now. Brain buster by Guerrero. Sorry, by Guerrero. And now this is it. Going up for maybe the Fog Splash. One boot and all. No, Kidman's up to his feet. Cuts Eddie Guerrero off. Now Kidman's up to the top trying to superplex, but Guerrero holding on for everything he's got. Kidman still hits it. And a huge impact then. Both bodies bounce up after they hit the canvas. Can Kidman try and roll into a cover? Does so. Two. No. Eddie Guerrero gets the shoulder up at two. Two. Guerrero goes down low. Drop kick to the knee. I mean, Kidman must be wrestling now at least 25 minutes. At least 42 minutes. And now Eddie Guerrero going to work on the leg. <laughs> that is just brilliant by Eddie. Cheating right enough, holding the bottom rope, but still, referee doesn't notice. And Mysterio using Eddie Guerrero's boot against him. Making sure he breaks that button. Does it again, and Hoovy and Mysterio now <laughs> having an argument. And Mysterio just bonks Hoovy on the head with that shoe. Hits Eddie again to stop it. No, you stop it. And then Guerrero telling Mysterio, you better be in control. And this is beautiful for Eddie. Runs up onto the top rope and then just hurricane run down. And Kidman looking to be out of it. Mysterio looking on. Now Eddie going to go. Powerbomb. Oh! But he kept a grip and turned it into like a X-Factor face buster. 
No, it came back to affect Eddie. The power he picked Kidman up with, he used it to slam him down. And again, just stomping away. Well, there's no respect between Kidman and Guerrero. Boot to the midsection and slams him down. Jumps over the top rope, hits a leg drop. One, two. Oh, Guerrero managing to kick out. Oh. And Guerrero now for what seems like the first time this match in a bit of trouble. Kidman backing up to the corner, placement on that top turnbuckle. Now maybe Hurricane Runner. Eddie holds on. And that's shown his veteran while he knew exactly where he was and what to do to block it. Now he's picking Kidman up. Placing him onto the top turnbuckle. Now Eddie, oh no, gets pushed off. And the LWA bodyguard on the apron causing distraction. Oh, and Hoovy up on the apron, crotching Kidman. And we don't know what the bodyguard's called, but he's causing trouble. Distracting Mysterio as well. Oh. Mysterio crutches Eddie on the top rope. I think he took out Hoovy at the same time as well. He dropped off the apron. Kidman left alone on top. Shooting star press. Gets the win. Kidman does the unmanageable and retains against Guerrero. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely brilliant. You know, Billy Kibben, even after wrestling a, a very energetic, thrilling match, still comes back to that. And you've got kind of Rey Mysterio on the outside, even though he's part, forcibly part of LWO. He was there to even the odds. And yeah, it was absolutely brilliant match. You talk about making a star. You know, those first two matches with Billy Kidman made him look like a star. Showing his toughness. Came out when the heel, you know, the odds are against him. And he said, no, usually in that way, they would get outsmarted. But Kidman comes out on top. And it is great to see. I thought a great match. Kidman looks like a star. And all the cruiserweights look cool as well. And the crowd are really into it. You know, big pop at the end for the victory. Always oh, a bit of promo for Nash. Goldberg here tonight. Who are you favouring tonight, Dan? It's got to be Goldberg. 174-0. Tonight, after he beats Nash, it will definitely be that. I think Nash is not taking it seriously enough. We've seen him smirking recently. No, James, he didn't have a scratch on his goal. He had a smile on his face because he thinks he's going to be able to get one over on Goldberg. But he's not going to have Bam Bam Bigelow there to kind of take the brunt of it. No one is going to help him here tonight. It's going to be Mano Mano. It'll be Kevin Nash, the big sexy giant, versus the undefeatable, the undefeated Goldberg. Norman Smiley. As Bobby Heenan says, Norman Smiley. Uh, tell us a bit about Norman Smiley for anybody that doesn't know Dan. We've seen him a lot, but people might not know he's actually English. Yes, he is an English retired professional wrestler, best known for his time in Mexico's. Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre, where he held the World Heavyweight title, also known for his time in WCW, and he is currently working for WWE as a trainer for NXT. Championships held by Smiley over the course of his career include the CMLL World Heavyweight Championship and the WCW Hardcore Championship. Uh, he's still quite young. Well, he's not exactly that old, but he's 53. Known, of course, by... Uh, as Black Magic, Lord Norman, Sm Norman Smiley, and Primetime. He's only 33 in this. He looks a little bit older than that, to be fair, doesn't he? Would you say this guy's 33 looking at him right now? No, I'd say he's about 53. Though. Yeah, about 43. Yeah, he does look old, but 
Hey, you know, we go he was out. trained by Cole Gotch, Boris and Dean Malenko. He made his debut in 1985. Wow. And he's got to look now, maybe ahead of, you know, someone like this working now, I think would be great. Retired only 10 years ago. Yeah, I think he can still go. Well, he's helping the performance centre out. It'd be great to see him go against Pete Dunne, maybe exhibition match or something like that. Uh, Prince Ikea came across with this gimmick. It's been around a couple of years now in the Cruiserweight title scene. We're going to be the artist formerly known as Prince Ikea. Probably have his most success in WCW in 2000, teaming up with, I think, Kimberly, I think it was, uh, and winning the Cruiserweight Championship. But, I mean, never made it to WWE after. It's not taking anything away from him. Neither are Norman Smiley. But you've got kind of characters and these two. Why are these two having a match on the biggest show of the year on WCW, Dan? I don't know why. Though. No, exactly. I don't know why either. There's no reason for it. Whereas if it was a WrestleMania, every match would at least have a reason or a storyline to it. And I think that's what's lacking out in WWE pay-per-views, you know. And I started off quick. These two men, both training snap suplex, both love the hard style of wrestling. Both these men don't look like a typical wrestler. Norman Smiley's got the kind of catch-can style. Whereas Prince Alakar does like the high-flying. Gets caught with a nice forearm then and Smiley twisting the arm. Rolls him through the cover, but okay, gets up at one. Well, in this match, Prince Ike is still wrestling as well, but Smiley's getting the advantage at the moment. Suplex on that top rope. And now, are we going to see it? Norman Smiley in control slams down Prince Ikea. But, I mean, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow, is he scheduled to be on this card? Is Scott Hall here? I mean, you could have had NWO Wolfpack versus NWO Black and White involved in a tag team match. That would have made sense. You know, stick anybody else involved that maybe, you know, could have got the job done. Where's the rest of the horsemen? Have the horsemen involved, you know, against the NWO Black and White if we've got Bischoff versus Flair later on. There's a lot of people missing out here. And yet we're getting a filler match. And with WWE pay-per-views, it feels like you're getting an event. You know, maybe they, the roster isn't as strong, but at least the matches they put for pay-per-view actually mean something. Whereas this one... Could be on Nitro, no one would care. It's not like the main event level talent. You know, like Lex Luger or someone like that, you know. Yeah. Scott Steiner, the leader of the NWA Black and White now, you know. Where's Disco? Where's Alex? Alex Wright involved, yes, exactly. Snapmare takedown by Norman Smiley. No, I mean, kick. you could bring Alex Wright out for 30 minutes and just have him dancing. Right, okay, reversing Norman, but all. Smiley catching him. Throwing him back first. Oh, my God. Now, Smiley just stretching Prince, turning him into a cover, but IK's got to get his shoulder up from that. IK now managing to fight back against Smiley. Irish whip and follows it up quite closely with a clothesline. Oh, boot to the midsection, trying to suplex, but Smiley reversing. And a power lifting IK up, and he's wiggling his way back up to his feet. Now, the big wiggle. The fans love it. <laughs> Making his pecs dance as well. Now Norman's got him at double underhook. Picks him up and he's playing with Prince Arcade at the moment. This has been all Norman. Just holding him upside down. Slams him. Goes for the cover. Oh, but Prince has to put his foot on the rope. And the crowd not sure if he actually got there or not. Arcade looking to lock the cross arm breaker in. Uh, sorry, Smiley trying to lock, lock the cross arm breaker in. And Arcade just trying to block it. Turn it round. So I move, try and move a bit of pace, and now he's got the palm strikes. Straight yeah. to the jaw, follows up with a slap to the back and a chop to the chest. Well, it might annoy Prince Arkea, might have spurred him on. Join you, Spurs. Oh, no, dropped our hold low by Smiley, straight back in control. 
And he like said they're the same age, but it looks like Smiley has got so much more experience. Just his face though, his body it looks quite young and young. And he's going, there we go. The big wiggle. Who's your daddy? Oh get distracted and Northern Lights suplex. Okay with a cover, but no, Smiley out at two. Two. Now, this has been all Smiley. It really has. I don't know if they maybe have plans for Norman Smiley trying, you know, build him up or something like that as a kind of shooter, whatever it is. But Champion. I know he does, but he puts on a helmet and starts having um, Ralphus as his security as well. So there's a lot of comedic stuff happening to Norman Smiley. But like I said, he is one of the founding members of the hardcore division. Very innovative there from Smiley. Oh, just twisted him up like a pretzel. And now Smiley just pressing down. And this has just got hurt. I don't know what Akai did to annoy anybody in the back, but just get destroyed. Turn around for cover. The arm's up. Now it's down again, but Prince trying to fight this. Pressing him down, but Akai, Akai are up. Double foot stomp to the ribs. Works every time as he hits it again. Simple and effective. Now right hands, but Akai. But the Prince finally get back into this. Big right hands. And I wouldn't do that. That'd be a mistake to take Norman down. He's schooled you recently. And to be fair, Akea looks pretty tired at the moment. Yeah, Smiley wisely rolling to the outside. Oh, I don't have a go at him, but the biggest show of the year, and they're giving us this, eh? Don't get me wrong, this is an alright match, but... That hasn't been terrible, and Norman Smiley is very, very impressive. He's a brilliant worker. Big right hand, right to the eyes. I mean... Imagine him in a kind of William Regal type character that is in WWE. I think we better pull it off. Do you know what I mean? The kind of way he wrestles as well. Now maybe get distracted a little bit by the fans. Ikea fighting back with right hands. But his offense seems to have no, little or no effect for Norman. Oh, who moves out of the way as they're charging him, Ikea. But I think the Prince caught himself from hitting the ring post. But then you look, you've got Alex Wright, you've got Disco Inferno, and you've got Norman Smiley all dancing and jiving around. All comedy type characters as Ikea went for the springboard cross body. Smiley turned it round. But I think three great work oh, apart from Disco Phone getting away. I think Smiley and, and Rax Wright are actually quite good workers. Maybe it's tag team together called them like shooters or something like that, you know? Or the big cocks, because I'm not gonna guess about Norman Smiley, but you know what they say as he hangs up Ikea. I think we need this match to end soon because I've I've drifted a little bit. Chicken win attempt, Ikea blocks it. You know when this match gets boring because James starts talking about penis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's going for it again. Can he get him down for the chicken wing? Made famous calls by Bob Backland. Is that the crossface chicken wing? There you go. Got him there. Crossed them up. And there is no way I can get out of this. He's going to have to tap or pass out. There you go. Taps out. That's it. Norman Smiley wins. Very impressive by Norman Smiley there, Dan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, Norman Smiley, absolute brilliant work. And you can see the British strong style shining through as well. Yeah, I think Smiley's really cool. Could it could have been done on Nitro, though, this, couldn't it, really? And for the biggest show of the year, it needs to be have a better impact. Let's hope it improves next, because uh, we've got the Cat versus Perry Satin. So what could possibly go wrong there, Dan? So you mentioned that we haven't seen... Uh, well, we, we've not got Scott Hall wrestling... On the card, so he makes an appearance just for you, James. An unscheduled appearance, and of course, went for the crowd to go, hey, y'all. He's out here, he's no secret. That 98 wasn't his best year. I mean, we seem to be drunk on Nitro. We seem to puke up on Eric Bishop. Yeah, we have indeed. Been lost in bars. 
and Nash walking away from him in a match as well. But he's wearing an Outsiders t-shirt with the NWO Wolfpack on the... It's like he's been helping out Kevin Nash recently as well, doesn't it? You know, coming out with Bam Bam and Goldberg last week as well. Or two weeks ago, and he's saying later on tonight, someone looks to used, used to look at as his big brother Kevin Nash will fight Goldberg. Also, Nash is saying he's got proof to him. The crowd is saying he's got proof to Lem. He's saying he ain't the smartest guy, but he ain't got to prove anything for Kev. Anything that... to Lem. Only one guy has got proof himself. Well, Scott Hall guaranteeing that 1999 is going to be his year and he can't wait to kiss 98 goodbye. Well, 1998 hasn't been a good year. And he doesn't have to prove anybody. And uh, But he made an interest by Kevin Nash saying that he wants to be on top of the world again. Kevin Nash has not been a world champion in WCW. And he's been in WCW now for you know over two years. He called WF champion for a year in 1995. I mean, Kevin Nash deserves the opportunity. What about Scott Hall down the road? Would he be able to reclaim it in 99? And we'll see in a video now of the attack Bam Bam Bigelow on Scott Hall a couple of weeks ago on Nitro. And Bam Bam, of course, unsigned by WCW then. Now. And forever. Well, no, he's signed next week. And that caused trouble with Kevin Nash and, of course, Goldberg, which brought the two the triple threat match. But at least they're giving us a um, build-up to it, I suppose. You know what I mean? They're telling us the story. Of what happened. I don't really know if we needed Bam Bam's interference into this. Do you know what I mean? I think Kevin Nash Goldberg's story would be better. How would you have told it with Kevin Nash and Goldberg? Yeah, again, uh, you know, I don't think Bam Bam Bigelow's relevance into it all is... Uh, there's any point to it. I don't know, you know. So, I think the thing with Kevin Nash, right, is that he's a big man anyway. He's seven foot, so he should be kind of a monster, you know. And I don't think he needs any help... To win, happen at World War Three with him eliminate most of the people. Just have him like that. He stopped Ralph Streak. You know, just have him a more serious. He goes, I've been joking around, but now I'm being serious. And Goldberg, I'm going to stop the streak. A serious Kevin Nash going up against the Goldberg, who who has been unstoppable. I think it would be a great main event. You don't have the distraction of Bam Bam. You just got the two guys both want to be champions. See which way it goes. And even if Kevin Nash was to get one over on Goldberg like that, Goldberg would say, Well, you did it once, but I can come back. I think there's a, a way of doing it here, you know, kind of more sport way of it. But they've gone with a bam bam way, and of course uh, Scott Hall's interference involved as well. We'll see what happens here tonight. But we're getting on to our fourth match now. Here comes Sonny Ono with Ernest the Cat Miller, and he thinks he's the greatest. I've never been a huge fan of Ernest the Cat Miller. He did, of course, make it to WWE. Uh, it was in it with a guy who used to do the entrance theme, and the wig got thrown off as well. But the cat never impressed me. Dan, what are your thoughts on Ernest the Cat? No, he could have been a lot better if he was uh, marketed better. But I, I just don't think he reached the heights that he was properly capable of. No, I mean, I think he's got quite a cool finish. He dives off the top with a kick. So he's been getting in the crowd's face. But, I mean, his gimmick, I think, is that of kind of Muhammad Ali. Of He's the greatest. He's just kind of rip-off. But he's not great. No, so he doesn't really show anything that kind of, yeah. He's getting in old women's faces and stuff. Sonny Ono brings him to the ring. What about Sonny Ono as a manager? I th- well, he sued uh, WSW for racism, and they told him to kind of play up to the stereotypical Japanese bad guy. But I think for what he did, it was all right. Do you know what I mean? Uh, there's not really anything wrong with Sonny Ono than uh, what they had over in WWE with uh, Kaintai. Indeed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, does the cat really need a Japanese guy when he's on the microphone anyway? Well, don't forget what happened on Nitro when... Uh, Santa Claus suplexed the cat and it ended up being Perry Saturn so there's some bad blood 
between these two men in the next match. So at least there's a point to this match at the moment. But Saturn's been quite impressive in 1998, hasn't he? He's, he's kind of floundered a little bit after the flock, but up until that point, he was doing well, wasn't he? Yeah, again, I think, you know, leaving the flock has been the best for a, a couple of wrestlers. And uh, Saturn and Kidman, I think, included. Yeah, I think most of it, you can see they've definitely got upside, you know. You can see why they made it to the move to the, uh, the, the WWE as well. Two guys definitely can go in the ring. Saturn's just trying to sort out his character at the moment, isn't he? You know, just trying to work out who he really is. Is but um, you know, he was kind of billed as a former military ranger. I think they should have kind of pushed that angle a bit better than uh, you know dressing him up as what Scott Steiner looks like he'd <laughs> fucking wear when he went to WWE yeah. in his later career. You know, well, he's got the Conan like the head chief, and then he's got the Scott Steiner kind of metal and the sunglasses as well. So Saturn's coming out, but he is a tough dude, like we say. Oh, he's a former army ranger. Just don't mention Moppy around him. Indeed, no. <laughs> no I'm trying to think of its name. Well, instead of offering hose, the cat is offering five seconds for oh, someone no. to leave. So, to stop Saturn with a punishment, and Saturn might agree with that. Well, apparently his hands and feet are weapons, James. And much, you know a lot much, about weapons. Yeah, exactly, much like mine. You know, I am detrained. And uh, he's counting now, and Saturn, I don't think he's walking away. Well, as soon as the cat got to five, Saturn planted him with a big right hand. And now where's the cat going? Just getting in some kid's face. Or getting up the open, but deciding against it. Got to be careful against someone like Perry Saturn, so dangerous. He'd go on to become part of the radicals. No, cat's had enough. No, Saturn's got his back turned, so the cat's going to try and make most of it. And as the cat slides into the ring, Saturn turns round and just starts kicking away at the cat who was prone on the floor. That was quite funny. Saturn catches a big right hand. Backs up in the corner, you can hear the cat screaming. Uh. The cat escaping, falling to the mat, rolling to the outside. Is he going to walk away yet again? Then he's taking his robe off, he means business. Well, by the age of 17, Saturn was a black belt in judo and karate. Well, that's impressive, but... He hasn't got red weapons, has Which he? means Saturn would have had to have started when he was 12. So, fair play to that. Well, Saturn started early and the cat now bowing down to Saturn. And the cat was saying, look, ignore the crowd. Shake my hand and uh, Saturn doesn't go for it. Gives cat the opening, though. A pump, punch to the eye and then uh, sweeps the legs. Then just choking him out with the ankle. Referee not seeing it. Now the cat in control and he's shouting he's the greatest. I don't get the free. Oh, three-time karate world champion. Yeah. Well, Dan, don't forget the cat's three-time karate world champion as well. Of the world. Of of the world. He is a cocky fucker, isn't he? He is. Just show me how he's got the talent to back it up. Goes for the cover, but Saturn kicks out. Ah. Uh-huh. Saturn taking the arm down of the cat. And rolling, rolling around. Very innovative pinfall attempt there. No, but only gets a two. Two. And then tries to roll him through again. A lot of wrestling rolling him up again in the cradle. Saturn is quite talented on the mat. And Cat can't get out. Doesn't know how to fight this. Needs to get to his feet. And he goes to the outside to break it. And needs to get to his feet and use his feet. And now the Cat slowly get back to the apron. Taking his time. Oh, and trying to use the referee's distraction. It's Chop. Hits the super kick. Talking again. Goes for the cover after what seems like an age. Gets a two. Two. If he'd have gone for cover straight after the super kick, probably got the job done. And now Palm strikes Saturn down. Saturn responds with a big right hand. And again, punched off the ropes by the cat. 
Now this turned into a bit of a fight on the feet. Sat and get the advantage, you know. Cat with a knee. Goes for the karate kick caught by Saturn. Lovely back suplex there. Oh, ripped by Saturn reversed by the cat. He comes running in, but Saturn gets his boot up. Turns him round. Beautiful T-bone suplex. Goes for the cover. Oh, no. The cat managing to kick out. Oh. Did you know that in 2012, his old theme song was recycled for the entrance of... Saturn with the net breaker. Can't give him down. Saturn going up. He was in the wrestler as well. Double axe smash, but the cat moves in a super kick. Oh, Irish rip, but reverse, and Saturn's got him in a suplex. Cat's working it off with the elbows. Pushing him away. Kick to the face. Now it goes, no, instead of going for the cover, he wants Sonny to get in. And why is he holding Sonny up? This could be a disqualification. And Sonny Ono is going to take out Perry Saturn. Oh, Saturn sidesteps. Sonny kicks the cat in the chest. Who then gets a kick from the cat. Oh, Death Valley Driver. Hits it. One, two, two three. three. Saturn beats the cat. I don't know what the cat was thinking, but Saturn gets a victory. Dan, what are your thoughts? I think the cat is a very out there character. Saturn, I think it was just a showcase for him, really. Still yet to kind of find his feet as well. I mean, what is going on with a cat and Sonny Ono? I mean, a cat man. Yeah, I mean, there might be a little bit of potential there, but... That just didn't work the finish, but Saturn looked alright and the cat's still out. But Saturn does get the victory and that's say hopefully Saturn can move on to bigger better things. Where do you think Saturn it lies? Do you think he's US title tender, you know what I mean? US title. Yeah, he's a, he's just quite a strong mid carder. Yeah, I think the T V title might be a little bit of a step down for him. And Mean Gene is introducing Flair and we've seen Ric Flair in the past couple of weeks of Nitro. He has been hyped for this. I'm sure he'll be excited here tonight. Ric Flair looks so happy in his robe. Well, he found out that Ric Flair hadn't actually suffered a heart attack. He was poisoned. But we have found out that the horsemen are barred from the arena. So, do you think the poisoning changed it up? Do you think it's acceptable WWE played a heart attack angle when it was just poisoned because they didn't know any better than? It just paints them as being stupid, really, doesn't it? It does, really. You know, it paints us as all idiots as well for believing this to prove them wrong. And, you know, I don't think that works out there. Well, Flair wants to beast by piece. He doesn't care the horseman ain't here. He's going to rip and gouge and every part he can get hold of. Woo! Well, he promises he's going to sweat, bleed, and pay the price of wrestling position here tonight. <laughs> and Flair is ready at Starcade. So, looking at Ric Flair, would you think he would be tied for holding the most world champions ever? I mean, at the moment, he is head and shoulders above anybody else. No one's really come close. It's 13 times. Hogan's had it maybe six times. I mean, a lot of legends hold championships 13 times, James. Well, that's the crazy thing. But back in the day, no one had it. It wasn't until later on where you saw people like John Cena and Triple H with Randy Orton and Edge getting that amount of title runs. And between the four, really, just exchanging them all the time. Back in the day, Ric Flair was kind of... You had the Harley races on seven, which was really great. And on eight, you know, at this time, the Undertaker had held the title twice. Austin had held it once, you know, so you talk about... So to legends. not even hold it at all, you wouldn't even class... Randy Roddy Piper didn't win it. We've seen him right now. He never won the uh, old heavyweight championship. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, another guy has been involved. But, you know, this is what is trying to be sorted out here tonight. 
Bischoff, the ego maniacal Bischoff, controlling everybody, controlling people like Ric Flair and the warrior who's left now, will he actually get his comeuppance here tonight against Ric Flair, even though the horsemen are banned from ringside? I mean, David Arquette held the WWE Championship. I mean, David Arquette is a world heavyweight champion. I don't think it's any worse than a finger poker do. So we get the dreaded NWO black and white music. And are we going to have a Wolfpack versus maybe black and white match? Are the Horsemen going to show up? It's definitely the A team here. Scott Norton, Brian Adams and Vincent. Brian Adams came over last year to much acclaim after leaving the WF. And he is firmly in the B camp. Scott Norton's been in Japan helping the NWO out there. And Vincent, I think he's, he's glad to have a job to be fair. You know what I mean? Like... Good old Virgil, not wrestled much anymore, but still takes a few bumps. He never really wrestled in WWE, oh, yeah. did he? he still, why is he wearing an elbow pad for? Just in case he has to take a bump to that guy's wearing the NWO top. These are the guys representing you. Because obviously Scott Steiner, I don't know where he is at the moment, the leader. Of course, Hogan's trying to be president. Scott all got kicked out. So you just got these legends. But at least what a team they're going up against, huh? Fit Finlay and Jerry Flynn. Uh, Wow. Well, Fit Finley, though, it doesn't make sense being a team together. Uh, we've seen Finley be TV champion this year and lose it, and then they kind of lost interest in him. Fought, uh, the European wrestlers, of course, lost to Alex Wright. Jerry Palmer, uh, I guess, MMA-style wrestler, completely useless, so this should be a great tag team match. Again, biggest show of the year, you're giving us this tag team match. Why? Have Luger and fucking... Who else have you got for Wolfpack? Sting. Sting. Sting's Sting been injured. Got, oh. Well, yeah, Sting's not been around. He's been, you know, apparently injured by Savage. Randy Savage has not been out eight months. Nah. We ain't seen him in ages. Just have Bam Bam Bigelow come out and beat the shit out of all these guys. A Goldberg. You know, oh, I'm annoyed. I'm just going to destroy the whole roster. So, looking at all these five guys here, which one do you reckon would be uh, employed by the WWE the longest? Well, exactly. I mean, Finley, you wouldn't have thought that out of the, the guys. But then again, Scott Norton, never part of the WWE, really. You know, the way Brian Adams left, I, I think, you know, he won't be welcomed back with open arms, would he, really? Just walk away. Um, I don't think Flynn's got a, a single bit of talent in his body. So, yeah, I mean, Finley, I, I don't know why. Maybe he was in with the guys, do you know what I mean? Maybe his friends... Uh, backstage, you know, of course, knew Regal quite well. What a great technical wrestler he was, and of course, world of sport. We we know all know about Finley, but I wouldn't have thought he'd still be employed by WWE to this day. You know, talk about WCW wasting money on contracts. Maybe these are a few guys you could have got rid of, and it wouldn't have really mattered. You know, I could have released these guys and just be like, yeah, I'm not missing out. Well, as we've mentioned on multiple times, that uh, he has got a very very big roster on WCW and. You know, it wouldn't have made much difference, really, would it? Like, releasing a few of these. No, exactly. You would have saved money as well, and you maybe you could get a few of the young up-and-coming kind of cruiserweights of different types of wrestler. Do you know that Virgil was trained by an Anoa'i? Affa. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. That's one of the head shrinkers, isn't it? Well, Adams has been all over Finley, and now he tags in Norton, who's doing exactly the same. Scott Norton is a unit, and he doesn't care if he hurts you or not. He did hold the Million Dollar Championship once, though. Mm. U.S. Wrestling League Intercontinental Champion, PWI, ranked him 74 of the top 500 single wrestlers in 1992. Nice power slam there by Norton to Finley. But Finley managed to kick out. Uh-huh. Now tags in Flynn. They're going to try and double-team the big man. Just runs through both of them and clothesline down. We're getting another squash match on a pay-per-view. 
We are indeed, yes. It doesn't make any sense. And they're chopped by Lightning Jerry, uh, getting chopped there. Lightning Jerry Flynn's in trouble. Dodges Scott Norton low. And then a kick to the face sends Flynn to the outside. But he tags in Brian Adams. Oh, look, Vincent up on the apron. Close line from behind. And Flynn gets sent into the tilt world backbreaker. Adams going for the cover, but Flynn gets shot off at two. Two. Vincent happy what he's done. You do know he's a jobber, right? He's the NWO, black and white. But it'd be the A team. What went wrong with the NWO? Well, these three guys are still a part of it. Pretty much. And Flynn there catching Adams, kicking him. Now Finley gets a lukewarm tag in. I tell you, it tells me feels like a boxing event. You know, when like the undercard, just waiting for the main event, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not really. Uh... Apart from the Cruiserweight title match, I, I could have missed out of everything else. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Scott Norton is one of eight foreigners who ever held the IWGP Championship. The others being... Bob Sapp. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. No. Ric Flair. No. Harley Race. No. Uh, Chris Jericho. Big Van Vader. Big Van Vader. Salomon Hashmikov. Hashmikov. Kirk Angel. Kirk Angle. AJ Styles. I reckon AJ Styles. Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega. Yeah, now that Finley now Irish ripping to Adams, but Adams catches him. Pile driver. This one's over if he goes for the cover. And Norton wrestled last year. He's a big unit. Yeah, Norton team with Cheeseburger and former Team 2000, Sato, Hiroshi Tenzan and Kojima, where they defeated the Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale, Bone Soldier, Kenny Omega, Tammy Tonga and Tangaloa. Did you say Norton teamed with Cheeseburger and then afterwards? He teamed with Cheeseburger and yeah. former Team 2000 stablemates. So Scott Norton's still going, fair play to him. Well, 20 years later, Finley, of course, tra- well, was training a lot of the Divas in WWE and is still training the women in WWE now and what they do. Now, Finley in huge trouble. Norton has been dominating him. Now, Norton picking up Finley. Goes for a cocky cover. Man- Finley manages to get the shot off at two. Two. So, Scott Norton is actually quite an underrated wrestler. Well, I wouldn't say he's a great wrestler, but <clears throat> like you say, he's... he's, he's Maybe earned a lot more than people would think. IWGP champion. But that was during the the, the Japanese... Uh, NPW still had an agreement of talent. And back in the day, that used to work out by, like, Muta and people, great Muta coming across and, you, you know, Juice Van der Liga wrestling for WCW. Uh, but then they, we don't really want any Japanese wrestlers. And he's like, well, we want some of the NWO guys. They go, there you go, have Scott Norton. They so just made him a star. Do you know what I mean? It could have been anybody, really. Could have been Vincent. Could have been exactly. Could have been Brian Adams, who just puts his boot up to Finley. Gorilla press slam. Impressive power there. Oh, gut buster there! All right, Finley, you're on pay per view. Bad news, you're gonna get beaten up by Adams and Norton for about ten minutes. I wouldn't even class these two guys as the B team. They're more like the C slash D team. It's an insult to Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas to call these guys the B team. They are definitely <laughs> the C team. Oh, well, as uh, Brian Adams was jumping onto the back of Finlay, he quickly spam round, got his knees up to below the belt area for Adams. And now uh, Flynn and uh, Scott Norton have both got tagged in. And look at Finn. Flynn, he's on fire, baby. Flynn Balor. He is. Well, got flung to the floor there, did Flynn. But now here, Finlay. I think it would be Flynnley. It would be quite easy. Vincent off the apron. Norton closed down Flynn. That lasts about two seconds. Picks him up. Powerbomb. 
Jobs are good. And one, two, three. Absolutely terrible stuff there. But hey, at least a black and white one, eh? God, Dan, what are your thoughts? Absolutely terrible filler match. They could have chucked in a couple of promotions or you know promos. What, or putting a match that like actually that. mattered. It's not like they've got five hours of TV to make up a week to come up with maybe a storyline for the biggest show of the year, Dan. Don't be silly. Indeed. But James, this does actually mark the end of the three boring, pointless mm-hmm. matches we have to watch. Yep. All the other matches now mean business because we've got Goldberg versus Kevin Nash for the WWE title. We've got Dan. We have got the man, the myth, the legend, Conan, K-Dog, Arriba la Raza, Ordale, going against some jobber named Chris Jericho. We've also got DDP going against the Giant as well, which should be a great match. We're here. Well, it's the big show. And finally, for control of WCW, it's going to be Ric Flair. Woo! Versus Eric Bischoff. Boo! So here we go. We're going to start this night off properly now. Oh, are we? Wait a minute. We're with Mean Gene right now. So Mean Gene is inviting Eric Bischoff out here right now. Why is Bischoff keeping up the pretense that he had a... They said he was poisoned. I don't understand. Why is he saying he's worried about his family for when he's put Flair in that position? I just don't get it. He's pretending to be sincere when he's not. He's booking himself as a badass as well. At least McMahon gets his comeuppance. Will Bischoff get his comeuppance tonight? Well, Bischoff says Flair's money is earned. No, hang on. Bischoff's saying Flair has to spend his own money for the Learjets, whereas Bischoff can just spend Ted's billions of dollars. But Bischoff must be a little bit scared because he has barred the horseman from ringside. So that obviously shows that he wants advantage tonight. And who's going to come out? And help Bischoff. Does Bischoff actually think in his kind of mind that he can beat Ric Flair? That he just disrespects the legend of Flair and the fact is that he can beat for the world title easily tonight? Well, I think it is a bit of disillusion there. He is very disillusional. I think Bischoff thinks he created it all due to the, the, you know, the NWO angle and doesn't need to give Flair his due. And I think that's the problem between the two. Need to find some common ground, you know. Of course, it's the stars of the future that help and the stars of the present. You can't go back in the past. That's what's happening to WWE right now. But then again, you can't then just say they mean nothing to us as well. So you've got to find a common... But anyway, moving on and speaking about an absolute legend and 20 years later, still doing fantastic stuff every week versus Chris Jericho for the television title. And the interesting thing is, is we saw what Jericho did losing the television title to Conan and then responded by beating down Conan we see there in that video. That was a complete beatdown, making him tap out to the, uh, the the lion tamer. That was definitely Conan there, wasn't it? No, James, it wasn't. But I, I've noticed something that I've, I've always thought that it was the big show that's had probably the wrestling theme for the longest. This but Chris not, Jericho... Yeah, this, huh? this is not. For some reason, they've dubbed Jericho's entrance music with this music. Uh, I, I have no idea. I don't know if it was because it copyrighted by someone else or something like that, but they've, they've done it. I, I've no idea. So Chris Jericho has got the television title, which truly belongs to him. I don't care what circumstances he got it. Well, so Jericho Holiday, Jericho's welcoming us. 
Yes, well, it was a Jericho holiday way before it was ever Rusev Day. Well, happy Rusev Day. Happy Jericho holiday. And any trouble from Jericho, he's got the JPS there, Rufus, Ralphus, to help. Well, he's a manly out of suit to be sour. He doesn't know what Andre means, but it doesn't matter. Spitting his rhymes there. Jericho more impressed with the mic than Conan. Jericho's right. Conan's got his pants on show. I don't know why. His boxers. Any sense. No one is happy to see... Is that Stacey Keebler? No one is happy to see Conan. Only a complete arsehole would be happy to see Conan. There's a lot of Conan fans, or are they Wolfpack fans? I think they might be Wolfpack fans. I can't believe Conan is over in the slightest. He's a road dog ripoff. What? Yeah, it just comes out. He's meant to be like the, the talker of the group. Got no talent whatsoever. Conan has got to be the worst wrestler of the past 20 years, barring Mojo Rawley. It's Mojo, Conan, and then Mongo McMichael. Mongo's a better wrestler than both Conan and Mojo Rawley. Oh, dale! Arriba la raza! Rowdy, rowdy! He says, let me see what I'm like in the microphone, then lets the crowd do half the work. Yeah, and if you're not down with ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D-Generation X... Hello, world. Yeah, great one, Conan. Call and response, James. No, Call and response. No. Well, Jericho's going to teach Conan a lesson here and walk out as our television champion, because he already is. Conan's a cheat. Conan stole the television title with low blows and the whole Hulk shenanigans. <clears throat> and, of course, Conan used the foreign object last match, and the referee didn't even check Conan to begin with. Beautiful from Conan there, seated dropkick. Irish whip reversal, gets caught by Jericho. And look at Jericho, so confident. Right, and that is someone that's had not a bad night in 98, trying to break out. You know, moving up the card slowly but surely. Don't call me Shirley, but K-Dog recovers too quickly for Jericho. Comes off the top, but Conan easily sidestepping him there. And eliminates Jericho from the Royal Rumble. Well, Jericho's always had a place on the card, hasn't he? No matter what paper it is, that feud with Dean Malenko that they had with Malenko, uh, being basically walking away and coming back with vengeance. And even now, part of the Wolfpack, the Wolfpack are quite over on WCW. I give them credit, so Jericho had a feud with them. And, of course, the Goldberg stuff early on in the year as well. Even though it never turned into a match, Jericho, I think, still held his own. Throws Conan into the Barry K. Now he's got the stairs. See, and unlike Buddy Murphy, Conan can sell. Oh, fuck off. I don't know what you've been smoking, probably the same shit as Conan, but leave it out. Leave it out, you shit. And now Jericho's got Conan, oh. sends him into the ring post. Conan's in all sorts of trouble. Come on, Jericho. The adulation from the Jericho-holics. Come on, K-Dog, you can fight back now, son. And Jericho's going to put K-Dog away. Big suplex. Goes for the cover, ready? One, two... Free gets oh, the job. And Jericho done. being too cocky, K Dog managing to kick out. No, uh, I thought Jericho had it done. Then I thought the show. You sure the hand didn't go down for free? Positive. I, I saw that happen there. The bell didn't ring. The match is still continuing. No, he's got the submission in and got the sleeper. And Conan is out. No, he's not. James. He's going out. Stop being a moron, James. He's... Stop being an idiot. Conan might be going. Stop being a dick. Can't help it. Take after you. Hey. hey. And Jericho now has got... Conan just tapped out. His hand yeah, hit the did. mat. His hand hit the mat there. 
Referee again cheating and Dan pretending he didn't see it, even though I did. What the fuck have you been smoking? Knee to the midsection. I have been smoking Jerrica cigarettes. You've been drinking a lot of Jerrica hole. I have been. It's Christmas time. I've been drinking a lot of Jerrica hole. I am a Jerrica holic. You know what Conan calls his fans? The clowns. Conan clown. More like a fucking oaf. Jericho bringing the best match of Conan's career right here tonight at Starcade. Conan bringing Jericho career. Yeah, like, yeah. What? What, everybody? What? You heard that there. <coughs> well, I think James is being far too harsh on K-Dog. I, I think Conan is just awful. There is nothing redeeming from him. I don't like him. Jericho, though, just having his way, slamming Conan down. Going to finish him off by going off the top. Here comes Jericho. Oh, and Conan managing to get his foot up just in time. One never exists. One becomes a heavyweight champion. Mojo and Conan. Conan with the Irish rip to Jericho. Over the top, but oh, Conan catches him. Rolls through. Lovely pinfall. Oh! Jericho managing to kick out. Uh, come on, James. Adam Cole or Mike Kinnis? No, answer mine no, first. Answer, uh, Mike no, Kinnis. You no. answer that one. No. Yeah, see, I knew you were. I asked that. you first. Adam Cole, Mike Kanellis. <laughs> answer mine. Jericho, Jericho there hits the line. So, oh, oh. Jericho can't get the job done. Can't James answer mine and I'll answer yours. One never exists. One becomes heavyweight champion. Mojo, Conan. All right, Conan becomes world heavyweight champion. He wins it off David Arquette, and then the world title is is put off the line. All right, Adam Cole or Mike Kanellis. What, one never exists, one becomes... Adam Cole gets it through vacant means, loses it to William. Well, look at Jericho, just absolutely dominating. So K-Dog managed to kick out Uh, of the lion's hole. Fuck me, that is strength. Well, Conan rolls to the outside, and Jericho definitely having his way to Conan this match. Here, Here comes Jericho for the second. Oh, intelligence there by Conan. Jericho come flying over the top rope, Conan... Swats him into the steel stairs at Jericho place there for his own means and gains. Conan using the stairs as a weapon should have been disqualified. He didn't touch Jericho. He didn't touch the stairs. He just redirected Chris Jericho. Well, punches to the face. Jericho throws him and goes for the cover. But Jericho managing to kick out. Uh. Well, he's still in it though. The Ayatollah the rock and roller gets caught in the midsection. Oh, went for the X-Factor. We got caught and now we're going to see... The line tamer, Conan holding on, but only for so long. The move that doesn't work in real life, Conan into the top turnbuckle. And his trousers are basically down to his fucking knees right now, ref. Referee gets caught in the eye by Conan. Jericho looking to cheat. Yeah. Catching Conan in the head with a title. No, he picked up the TV title to return it, and Conan walked into it, slaps the referee, wakes him up, goes for the cover. Two. Three. Oh! And the strength of Conan managing to kick out uh, after a title shot to the head. I mean, that is extraordinary for a man to be able to do that. Yeah, to not sell that and to just destroy maybe, I don't know, 400 types of match that ended with belt shots because it doesn't mean shit anymore. Conan back to his feet. Bang! X-Factor. Well, that's what won the television title on the title belt, though. Right, again. Tequila Sunrise. This is going to be it for Jericho. He's going to have to tap. Don't do it, Jericho. Don't do it. He has no other option but to tap out. 
son of a bitch, Jericho. Son of a bitch. He taps out Conan, his television champion. This but, match has got an 8 out of 5. I tell you something, if they treated main event talent right, Jericho would have gone over Conan there. Because Jericho deserved that more than Conan did. What are your thoughts on that match, Dan? I'll tell you what. Conan didn't do that bad there. Honestly, and you're, oh, you're being biased. But I'm actually not. Conan didn't have a terrible match there. No, because he didn't do anything. It was Jericho doing the majority of the action. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, I really like the bit where Conan moved out of the way and Jericho hit the stairs. Yeah, yeah, I re- yeah, that was a really great bit, yeah. Exactly, bullshit, bullshit. Conan's a cunt, and uh, he wins the title, and he never goes to WWE, eh? And now we're backstage at WWE.com, and the giant is getting angry about some questions. Of course, he's facing DDP later on here tonight. But up next is a match we've been waiting for. The match has been built up nearly as much as the main event. It's for power, it's for control. It's Eric Bischoff versus Ric Flair. Eric Bischoff. So Eric Bischoff versus Ric Flair. Dan, I mean, have you been impressed by the build-up for this match? I think the build-up's probably been a lot better than I'm anticipating the match to be. Yeah, I don't think the match's going to be much cut, but I think they've done quite a good job. They've made kind of two main events for this Starcade, haven't they? And Bischoff Flair definitely won. Uh, I, I think with Ric Flair, you know, it's true story into it. You know, he was... Taken away from WSW, suspended for not showing up, going to um, his, his kids' wrestling show. Uh, and Bischoff, you know, didn't like the kind of tradition that Flair brought. And Flair's got a point. Harley Race, you know, uh, Dusty Rhodes, people like that who, who paved the way for where they are now. You know, you can't forget that, really. And that's why we look back. And that's why there's a Hall of Fame and stuff like this as well. To pay respect, you know, where Flair should be main eventing is another question. But I think this match is fine. I'm really not keen on the Titan Tron. It's like someone's written Ric Flair on a piece of paper and they're just holding it in front of a static background, yeah. like spinning it around a bit. That every, is terrible. En- every entrance has been like that as well, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fireworks, though, for Ric Flair, which is quite impressive. And the confetti falling. But Ric Flair, he ain't waiting around. <laughs> He's coming running into the ring. Bischoff Scarpers yeah. calls for the bell to be rung as Bischoff's on the outside. Kind of pondering his life decisions. Well, people were calling Ric Flair past it in 1990. He went on to hold the world title another five or six times. And now a very similar scene we've saw. Been chasing Bishop, and this time he caught him. Oh, a couple of chops <laughs> and some punches to the midsection. <laughs> well, I bet you he's laying them in. Bishop's down. Bishop's down. He may be out. And the commentators are enjoying this as well. Do you know one thing I'm hoping to see from this match? A Ric Flair claret mask. Well, he's promised Bischoff will bleed. Will we see Ric Flair? Does Eric Bischoff have any tricks up his sleeves? Well, I don't know. There's no horseman here about the moment. There's no NWO either. And he said he'll choke him, claw his eyes out. And the confetti's still falling. As now just ripping the mouth of Bischoff. And Charles obviously trying to control Ric Flair. What do you think of the, uh, the setup and the, the stage? It's not that grand, is it really? I'm really not. Impressed, you know, for the grandest daddy of them all. It's not really been as good as previous ones. I mean, Halloween Havoc was a lot better than this. Yeah, I, I completely agree, you know. It's, it's this WWE slight problem of trying to make, you know, uh, it, trying to look uh, impressive and that. And there's not even a kind of number with Starcade, which is something they could have done. Because like you said, it predates WrestleMania. But, you know, so, and it's like WWE done this year. Talk about the history of Starcade. Talk about, you know, Ric Flair's been a part of most of the star case, you could have said, you know, oh, Ric Flair started this off here. Maybe told a little bit better story than that. 
Or even Bischoff, lo and behold, might have put someone else to take his place in the match. What about that, eh? Indeed, yes. But then I suppose, you know, you wouldn't have kind of got the man who's over against the evil kind of mastermind of this all, you know, the getting the comeuppance. Mm. Well, maybe not. But, I mean, if you look at WWF with, the, like, you've got Austin and against McMahon, you know, uh, before WrestleMania, McMahon said he didn't want to be champion when he was, didn't want to be corporate. Then, of course, they were going to have that match. Looked like they were going to come to blows. And then after that, really, McMahon has put other people in Austin's way. And they don't really come to blows. They're going to be in a Royal Rumble, which is going to be next month now. Do you know what I mean? And that's been, yeah. like, seven months. Whereas with Flair and Bischoff, you know, it's kind of like... A quicker payoff? Well, I'd say quicker payoff. I mean, the story happened, like, over a year, you know, but since he's come back... But from being beaten down for a while, Eric Bischoff <laughs> has come back and recovered quite quickly, I mean... Well, Bischoff has taken out Ric Flair, former 13-time WCW champion. With one kick. And then sent him into barricade. And Bischoff's ego at this moment, you know, he put himself... In the storyline. Because originally in NWO, it was going to be Ted DiBiase as the mic guy. But Bischoff decided to do that. We all know what happened to Ted afterwards. Just drifted away. And now he's putting himself in a match in Starcade. Flair trying to get back into the ring. Oh, no. yes! I've got my wish. Flair has been busted open. And Bischoff beat him for kicks. He said he's a dangerous man. Doesn't need any help to get on top. And now just mounting Flair. Uh-oh. And Flair coming back, he's pissed off now. But another kick to the head from Bischoff, and Flair's down. Let me tell you something, if it was McMahon versus Austin, McMahon wouldn't have any advantage just normally. Oh, and Flair goes low. Did Charles not see him, or did he just say that? Don't do it again, please, mate. Well, don't, yeah, he is mini Ric Flair, so <laughs> I think referee likes it. Oh, my God, I don't think Bischoff's going to have any more children. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Exposing a t-shirt. Fair play to Bischoff for taking him, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and now Robinson draws the line. Flair accidentally elbows Charles in the face. The referee's out, and now Bischoff's in serious trouble. Shattered dreams position, if you were. Oh, chops and Flair's destroying Bischoff. Dead. He's definitely shattered Bischoff's dreams there of ever having kids again. Any more kids or kids in the first place? Oh, now he's got Bischoff up. Nice back suplex there from Flair. Pander into the crowd. Well, Flair is getting the better of Bischoff. Lovely delayed suplex there. But credit to Flair. Even though he's had personal problems with Bischoff, still protecting him there. Indeed, yeah. And even though, you know, it's meant to be a grudge match. And now he's got the leg. Break the leg of Eric Bischoff. He's got the figure four locked in. It wouldn't matter if Bischoff tapped out. Well, Charles Robinson is out of it. Well, as Flair's got a figure four locked in, he's trying to get Robinson to recover. Oh, my God. Look who's in the ring. It's Kurt Henning. And we haven't seen him in months. He's just put some knuckles onto Bischoff. Brass knucks whilst Bischoff's in a figure four. And he just decks Flair. Flair's out. Referee didn't see it. Bischoff going for the cover. No, not like this. One, two, two three. three. Bischoff beats Flair. Dan, what are your thoughts? Them fucking knuckles look really so fake, it's unbelievable. You know, the way this match ended, it is really NWO-esque, isn't it, really? Well, the crowd are unhappy about it because it's bullshit. You know what I mean? We talk about Austin McMahon. Austin wouldn't lose to McMahon. Bischoff has beaten Ric Flair in the ring at Starcade. I mean... 
for the biggest show of the year to have the payoff, why would you have your one of your number one guys or your biggest baby faces lose in this? Shocking, really, that it feeds into Bischoff's ego, you know? Like, I honestly can't believe it, Dan, you know? <coughs> what did you think of the match? It wasn't really long enough to... I don't know, it, it, it was a really short match. I, I think, you know, it could have been a bit longer. I know they're playing to Bischoff's weaknesses, I suppose. It kind of leaves it open still, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but you you need to pay off at the end of the day, don't you? You need your faces to come through. And we've seen that with NWO, like you say, countless of times over the years. The NWO just always seems to come out on top. And we don't want it when it's a big show. When you paid that amount of money, you know, you, you, you want to see someone get the job done. Well, speaking of big shows, it is the biggest show. We're going to see the Giant in action next against DDP. And Bret Hart, the United States champion, has been carrying injury as well, so he can't compete. He's taking out people like Sting. But we go to the Giant. And i got to say, the Giant was very impressive a couple of weeks ago on Nitro, wasn't he, what he did with DDP? Oh, yeah, he tore the WCW logo from the side of the arena and just chokeslammed DDP through multiple tables. I mean, he must have fallen at least 15 feet. At least 25 feet. But will the Giant feel the bang here tonight? I think DDP's quite over. Have you been impressed with him this year? I have been, yes. Uh, again, you know, the original people's champion, you might argue. Uh... Yeah, you know, for someone who got into it in a later life, I think, you know, he's done really well, held his own, and uh, certainly a fan favourite. What do you think of his WWE treatment when he moved out? Do you think he deserved a little bit better? Absolutely <laughs> terrible. I mean, I've been watching some of the Invasion stuff and that, you know, and, like, the angle he's had with Undertaker, and it was it was just awful. I mean, you know, choosing Sarah over Kimberly is just... Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, he, uh, he was a stalker to the Undertaker's wife. But he's going to get to Giant. And the big show himself, Paul White, hasn't got a lot of time left in WCW. And spoiler alert, this is his last WCW pay-per-view. He would debut in WWE in early 1999 at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, February 14th, uh, when he came in shocking circumstances People might know that. We don't want to spoil it, really, because even though we have watched it on the podcast, we'll relive that moment, of course. And he is the first one to kind of make the jump that kind of showed WWF were really in charge now. They had lost talent before, and this was the first one who had kind of been a champion and was on the way up. Not He's still a young guy, the giant, even though at this point he's kind of given up a little bit. We've seen him smoking and eating, you know what I mean? You see he's putting weight. But a motivated giant, I think, could have been a well-beater. What are your thoughts on the giant this year? Uh, I, I, again, I think, you know, kind of uh, the giant getting pushed out of the NWO by Kevin Nash. I think, you know, you're going to see that rather, aren't you? Is this his last paper? Obviously, yeah. isn't it? The giant, got was... dropped, sorry, the giant got dropped on his neck, didn't he, by Kevin yeah. Nash, like, at the oh, start yeah. of the year. I think, you know, they didn't go through with the giant as well as they should have done. They can't, you know, they missed a beat with... The big show. And, you know, the way that WWE utilised him, in his, especially in his early career, was absolutely spot on. Yeah, Bischoff said that... Uh, well, Giant said he was involved with the main event scene, so why wasn't he paid the same? Bischoff said, you're not happy, you could do, you know, do something about it. And he did, he upped and he left. But he got DDP and a guy that pushed Goldberg to the limit of Halloween Havoc. Unfortunately, most people didn't see it. But DDP, after his rivalry with Macho Man Randy Savage in 97... And moving on now, in 1998, 
he's definitely improved. That Titantron is absolutely fucking awful. And he goes to the WWE.com booth as well, one end to the other. And now he's walking through the fans as he makes his way to the ring. I mean, you know, he's absolutely loved throughout the whole arena. And it's just respect. People respect him. You know, you're not a lot of respect in the business or it was in 1998. And WWE fans are still loyal, but they're getting annoyed at the product, you know, and this is a problem at the moment. They're watching it. And it's more of the same stuff that they've seen. We've been watching it now for two years, Dan. And it is the same type of stuff still, isn't it? You know, the NWO is still around. The Wolfpack question has not been answered. But we've still got the main event, Goldberg versus Nash coming up, which can't disappoint, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but no, I have high hopes that Goldberg's going to maintain his streak. I mean, at least if WCW have got one thing going for it, it's Goldberg, his streak and his dominance. I think without a doubt, that's what can save them and that's what can keep them going in 1999. But here we go, the Giant versus DDP. And well, I wonder what DDP has to do. He's going to have to use his speed as his gum gets spat at him. Oh, my God. Oh, and DDP responds with uh, a phlegm of his own. Giant went for the right hand. DDP moved. Now like he's got to use his quickness in this one. Doesn't the giant look really weird with long hair? I love it. I love the giant. It looks like a monster. He really does with long hair. DDP looking for the diamond cutter early on and eliminates the giant from the Royal Rumble. Absolutely <laughs> impressive there. Well, the front row panicked when they thought the giant was coming from. But look DDP at the looking to jump over the top. The giant sweeps his leg out and both men are brawling on the outside. Oh. But a strength for the giant. He just clotheslines DDP down. And that big, angry giant. I know you like Paige because of the diamond cutter as well. The originator of the RKO. Well, I was actually quite a fan of Paige. Um, you know, like the Paige that I suppose you'd be more used to was the kind of portrayal that he got in WWE. And <laughs> Oh, I've only known Paige a little bit. You can see the toughness is a trash can, blocked Giant's fist and then hit him in the head. Is that legal then? I think if it goes a little bit here, referee's discretion... Oh. Do you prefer that or do you prefer it to be strictly to the rules? I, I prefer a set of rules in place so you you know kind of know what's going on because, you know, like you can use trash can here but it might be disqualification in the, the next match. So consistency I think is best. And oh. There's no, no harm saying that this could be like, you know, and anything goes match as Paige is sent into the ring post. That kind of, you know, even things up about, I suppose, yeah. in Paige's favour. Especially after the attack the giant did on Nitro as well, you know, it's a little bit of payback. Because, you know, just for argument's sake, we're just putting predictions down. Where would you go? Uh, if I didn't know what was going on in store, you know, in the news, and the internet is just starting now, I probably would have put the giant in this one. Just because I think he's more impressive. And, you know, you look at Kevin Nash and Goldberg, if you're going to have a next challenger for one or two of them, I think the giant definitely has not been used properly yet, has he, you know? No. Nah. Not as a proper baby face, maybe as a kind of heel. But if he was to have a proper face turn... Cause he, he left the NWO and then just joined them again. It didn't make any sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of vouch slightly towards the plucky underdog with DDP. But, you know, my, I think my initial decision would be to go for the Giant. I mean, you know, to have a Giant lose, it'd have to be under really weird, spooky circumstances or... Saying had gone majorly wrong. Majorly wrong. Well, don't forget the Giant is like 10 years younger than Paige as well. So <laughs> maybe that's, you know, helping him. Don't forget Paige, like how old he is. As the Giant now working on the leg of DDP. 
So would this page have worked a bit better in WWF? I think it was, but I, I, I just think they had a problem with him. You look how WCW was treated during the invasion angle, and they really they yeah. still had problems with the, the people who stayed with him, you know? Treated 12 years after fucking leaving WCW. WWE took that really personal there. And even Goldberg's treatment, uh, you know, trying to get him to put on Goldust's wig as soon as he like, kind of debuted, was just like, what are you doing, you know? You could have made money with him, but you didn't. The only one they made money with, really, was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> DDP didn't do too bad. No, uh, not DDP, uh, Booker T. Booker T, but they completely repackaged him, didn't they? they yeah. He completely got destroyed, and then they repackaged him again, and he had to work his way up again from Intercontinental to you know United States until he finally became world champion again. And I think that's credit to Booker T for doing that. And Billy Kidman, you know, it's a surprise he didn't really make it further. Well, you consider how good he was, you know, teaming up with Mysterio as well. And, yeah. going. and the giant now got Paige up in a corner, big chop. And the giant is vicious in this one, trying to send a message to everybody on the roster. But DDP got up, got hold of the giant, not for too long, though, pushed away. And then a huge clothesline. And now the giant completely dominating. Like, many expect. Paige trying his best, but every shot, he needs maybe four or five shots to make an impact where the giant just needs one. Or one headbutt. Yeah. <laughs> As the case may be. And it sends Paige limp. Is the giant taking too long? No toying with his prey? Well, I think this has been a problem with the giant. Because he's that size, he never really takes himself too seriously, you know, because he doesn't need to. He knows how dangerous he can be. If he was to be serious, he could have put the page away instead playing with him and usually it comes back to haunt people. When he was younger, he used to be able to hit drop kick and a moonsault, but nobody would ever want to take it. And I don't blame him for not taking a 500 pound moonsault to be fair. But uh, DDP could perform, uh, the giant could perform it. And now he picks up Paige in a bear hug. But the past year the giant's had a fast food diet and you know, he's been smoking. So he's not in great shape. Oh, Paige went for the diamond cutter. Giant pushed him into the ropes. Power slam. Must have been at One. least seven foot in the air. And a giant goes for the cover. But Why did the referee stop counting? Maybe he's intimidated by the giant. Paige showing his toughness, but he's in a fight here. Oh, and the giant again got Paige up in a bear hug. And Paige is out of this one. Well, he's been in a bear hug for at least seven minutes. And all the energy sapped from his body. And DDP's not looking in good shape either. <laughs> Or did he be fighting back, though? We don't think he's got jumps on the giant. Is he biting the giant's nose? Yeah. Trying to get the advantage. <laughs> Looking for the backslide. The giant. Oh, Ooh, no. no. Grabs hold of DDP by the throat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Chokestand him on his knee. That was a thunderous backbreaker. Well, the giant, after exerting himself for 13 seconds, need to get his breath back. Just see what's going on. Sort of the Punjabi choke slam on his knee. <laughs> DDP pulling out a DDT out of nowhere. Managed to turn the giant round. And DDP going for the cover, but giant pushing him off at two. Two! Oh, someone's making an appearance. I bet it's Bret Hart. Extra bonus point for me if it is. And Bret Hart. Bonus point for the dad. No bonus points on the line. Oh, Bret went for Paige with a chair, hitting a giant. Paige with a low bowler, Bret. The US champion's down. The giant's down. Paige going for the cover. One, One two. two. The oh. giant pushing out of that still. Oh, my word. 
Well, Brett's down. I don't know what the DDP is thinking. DDP's going up top. Giant struggling to get to his feet after that thunderous chair shot. Oh. Takes down the Giant. Huge clothesline, but the Giant nearly back to his feet before Pages. Will the Giant feel the bang? Well, Page now off the second, off the top. Another clothesline. And now the Giant, but again, back to his feet. Page looking for the diamond cut. The crowd getting into it. Oh, he's going up top again. Oh. He's caught around the throat by the Giant. Well, the Giant's got him, but oh, Page. Low blow. But the Giant's still up. Picking up Page to the top. Placing him in the corner. All the way up. Oh, my God. Top rope. Cutter. Oh. Boom. Diamond car off the top. Page goes for the cover. One, two, three. Oh. Wow. Diamond Dallas Page beats a giant in. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that at the end there. That was, yeah, that was a, <laughs> a good, exciting end. Yeah. WWE don't usually do it, but Page fighting back after that. The giant was dominant. Bret Hart's having interference. And a diamond cutter off the top rope by DDP. He hit it from anywhere. He hit it from there and beat the giant. I thought it was really good. He hit it out of nowhere, James. Yeah. He can. Dan, what are your thoughts on all that? Oh, I actually did enjoy that match. It was uh, quite an exciting match. Uh, it's a good way to have the giant lose, but not get beaten legitimately, yeah, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. I completely agree with you there. And the giant got back to his feet and Paige's not going to hang around. He wants Bret Hart. That storyline's still going on. But what of the Giant? Paige is getting back in the ring. Is he crazy? Oh, what a great match. And I quite enjoyed the last uh, couple of matches here on Starcade, apart from the ending of one, of course. But Bret, Charlie Chen, the Giant took that full force in the face. So here we go. Tony Stoney saying it's the biggest title match in WWE history. And it's pretty close, isn't it, really? Think about it. With Kevin Nash... And Goldberg, 173-0, going against the man who hasn't won the WCW title yet, but held the WWF title for over a year. Dan, what are your thoughts on the build-up to this match as we get ready for the main event? I think it has been good, you know. You've kind of had the Royal Rumble winner, you know, the winning the World War III. Uh, you know, the Royal Rumble winner winning World War Three to get his opportunity. It's... Uh, WrestleMania of WCW, you know, it is kind of what WWE do, or did WCW do it first? Well, it's the thing, isn't it? You know, and there's a big fight feel. Uh, the Royal Rumble was always there to set up the WrestleMania match, you know, that happened, but World War Three was used for Nash to do that. Is it enough time to build up this match now, you know, to, to have it here? We, we shall see, but I, it kind of makes sense that they'd have the two guys going at it. You know, Hogan wanted Goldberg in the rematch, but he wanted to, to beat Goldberg, which was denied. And now Nash is put here as well. It's a big match feel. WWE don't have any like big matches feel to it. This one does, as Michael Buffer does the entrances. Let's just hope we either see the end of it or it's not the next night on Raw. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because you, know, you, you think you're going to get a big match and you get to give it away for free. Well, this is the thing we're going to say. We are not finished here any means. After the main event, we'll be looking at Raw and Nitro the night after and looking at the bits of that and wrapping up 1998 in a year for WWE and WCW as well. So still a lot to come. We might have a culmination of uh, 
who's kind of won our choice in brand supremacy. Because as you know, we've been giving our honest opinions and thoughts on who wins, and you know, we've been choosing the ratings, raw yes, roster promo yeah. setting, and overall. Uh, and we've been marking them throughout the year. And again, you know, like I've been doing, I've been going back through the archives and getting all our old scores and, you know, finding out who's won what and how it's kind of uh, going to end up. And we'll also pick a pay-per-view of the year as well because we've watched 12 pay-per-views, six from uh, WWF, six from WCW. Pick out our favourite one at the end. But let's get to the main event of our last pay-per-view of the year. It's Kevin Nash coming out. What have you thought of Nash in the Wolfpack this year? Yeah, look, I know you're a big fan of the Wolfpack. I'm a big fan of the Wolfpack, but I don't remember him being so kind of heelish. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I thought they was the, the light side to the NWO black and white. And it, it, I don't know, it kind of doesn't really much like that. I, I think for all it's worth, NWO black and white was more of a brotherhood. Than the Wolfpack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where's Lex Luger gone? Where's Sting? Where's Macho Man? You kind of got like Conan and Nash left as the two, and even them not really connected that well, have they? You know? Indeed, yes. And you know, you kind of you've got Nash is focused on things bigger than the Wolfpack, yeah. which I think kind of you know excludes the whole. He wants the title for himself as opposed to the title for the Wolfpack. Yeah, exactly. And Hogan says it's his family, the title. Like, yeah, if it was about him like that. And if you're part of it, you're part of it for life. And, you know, you know, it's forever in the wolf pack. But I don't know, it just doesn't seem no. like it. Well, let's see Goldberg's entrance for the last time. I would just want to say, like, if you think about the booking of Goldberg and Nash recently, Nash had better booking. He's had a storyline with Scott Hall, the storyline with Hogan involved in the wolf pack, whereas Goldberg's not really been on pay-per-view. Halloween Havoc against DDP. He wasn't at World War Three, really. He wasn't at the, uh, the uh, September full brawl event either. So it's been weird booking for Goldberg, but the fans are like him, and he's still a star. Like I said, he is their hope, their main goal against w- uh, WWF, you know. Yes, they've got Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Vincent Mann, and all them lot, but WCW have Goldberg. Do you see Goldberg as that? I definitely see Goldberg as, like, definitely something different, and he, he, you can feel he's a huge star. You can, you can see from the crowd the intensity. I think Nash is good as well, but he's got to be more serious and kind of... You know, I don't think it's time for Hogan or Flair or Macho, but Goldberg versus Brett, and then you stick in like you know Jericho or people like that to have a chance. I think you definitely got a future there. Signing autographs on his way out. I mean, what a legend! But do you think WCW would have folded quicker if it wasn't for Goldberg? Yeah, I think most definitely. I think the mistakes, the two massive mistakes they make as well, or three massive mistakes they make with the Goldberg character, uh, which kind of doesn't help them at all. And by the time WWE does go into business, Goldberg... I mean, after this, Goldberg probably wrestles for about another year, maximum. You know, the, the time taken out due to injuries and other stuff that happens. It's a real shame. This is the kind of the biggest moment of the Goldberg career right now. And afterwards, it never really gets back to this level. You know, this Goldberg right here is a game changer. Well, it takes nearly 20 years to get back to yeah, the Goldberg yeah. that commands respect. Without a doubt. And Goldberg's here. He's a champion. He's the number one guy in the biggest show of the company's, you know, year. So would you say, despite his booking, he is the number one? If you yeah. had a ranking of WCW, Goldberg would be number one. And I would do everything in my power to protect him, to make him look strong, no matter what anybody said backstage. You know, you've built Goldberg up. He's not anyone's else apart from yours. 
And if you protect him, you can have a future there building people up against him as well. Do you see my hype in him now? Of course I do. You know, <laughs> Goldberg is awesome when used correctly, you know. Yeah. I've always like, been a fan of Goldberg. For this past, and for the past couple of years, he has been used correctly. Yeah. You know, the, the maybe street, a bit yeah. underused, but, you know, the kind of whole Goldberg thing has been used really well. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and, and it's exciting when he comes out as well. He's just not been used enough. You can see what they, they did wrong with Goldberg, you know what I mean? Like, with Austin, he was in, if he was at a show, he was involved three or four times a night. With Goldberg, you might see him once or twice, and that would be the last, like, five minutes. It's, it's not enough, you know, in a three-hour show. 173 and oh. I mean, over two years, though. What was Oscar? It's over two years. It's like a year and two months. A year and two months. September 97, he debuted. Yeah. And now we're in November, uh, December 98. So in three months, because this is right at the end of... Yeah. This, this is it. We saw the start of it against Hugh Morris, didn't we, last year? Yeah. On the Dominar podcast, we saw his first Starcade event when he was uh, spearing Alex Wright <laughs> and Steve yeah. Monger McMichael. And we've seen him become world champion this year. You know, Goldberg's still vastly experienced, but there's a big fight feel right now. It does, yeah. And, you know, all right for Kevin Ash to be there as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's not had his opportunity yet. <clears throat> you know, he's kind of been in the tag team division. It makes sense to have Nash here to go against Goldberg. But I think there's still storylines for Goldberg. Bam, bam, big low. You know, maybe a Hollywood Hogan rematch if he ever stops being president. Bret Hart as well. You know, DDP again. So where is actually Hogan legitimately now? He's looking to be president. Genuinely looking to be president. He's looking to be president right at this moment in time. He's retired because the ratings have changed. He decided to walk walk away so he wasn't blamed for it. And now look at become president because Jesse Ventura did so well. Now she's getting his cheers. Goldberg, I think, getting a louder cheer. Yeah, I think Dick Goldberg's definitely more over. I can't believe it. We saw Starcade last year. It was huge. And now this main event... It's basically the end. It's depressing, but come on. Colin and Edward are up to start. I wonder who's got the power here. I would suspect Goldberg. But Nash I'd definitely got the height. I'd say Nash has got the height and leverage, but Goldberg managing to turn it around, push Nash into the corner. Referee calling for a break. Man, Nash, this is serious, Nash. This is the Nash we want to see. He definitely means business here tonight. He's not joking around. As the smoke clears and the dust settles, we'll find out. Who will lead WCW forward as World Heavyweight Champion in 1999? So, you know, in Nash really hasn't got anything to lose. Not, no, he's put nothing on the line. I mean, Goldberg will, could lose it all in this match with his title and his streak. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, even if you wanted to take the title off him, you could have just had him injured and, you know what I mean, strip him the title and then come win it back again. Triple threat match, pin someone else. Exactly, you know, so there was ways around it. And Goldberg slammed him down. So if it was down to you, how would you have ended Goldberg's streak? I might not have done. I might not have done. No. No, you think about it. I mean, what was wrong with the streak at this moment in time? Nothing. He slams Nash. He goes to the outside. It's intense about him. Until there's someone there, you can think, all right. And then you could do the best thing of Goldberg saying after he loses for the first time. Yeah, how long did it take me to lose once? See you next time I lose. And he could do it all over again as well, you know. Or have him just protected. People just panic when it comes to that, you know? They, they always do. It's not predictable because every time it feels exciting that it could actually be over. You you get tricked by it. Every Untaker WrestleMania match, you got tricked by it at least once in the match. For all oh, fucking hell, it's actually going to be over. The same could have been done for Goldberg. And every match especially, you could have had a match on Nitro. 
every week. It'd yeah. be like Goldberg streak is on the line tonight. His title's not, but the streak is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nash back in, and he seems to be a little bit of control. Well, I suppose to Goldberg, the streak would have been more important than the title. At the moment, I think it is. You know, Goldberg has just worn everything this path. He had to relinquish US title. He just goes out there to hurt people, and at the moment, he's finding Kevin Nash standing in his way. Nash has beat the Giant this year. He left Scott Hall just laying there in the middle of the ring, didn't he? Like I said, beat 59 yeah. other guys. He beat Ralph. He stopped his undefeated streak. And he didn't stand down when Bam Bam Bigelow came calling. But I think Nash, you know, even though... Would you call him a face? He's still wrestling like a heel. Well, I think this thing is, I think he's got the cool factor about him. I think that's partly his... his Oh, oh my God. Well, Nash had his boot in the throat and Goldberg just pulled it off, dropped Nash to the mat and now he's punching away and choking away at Nash. Oh my God, and Nash... Looking for a cross-arm breaker and Goldberg up to his feet. And this looking, is... Looking for that heel hook. Look more grounded than I thought it would be. Grabs the leg, Nash though, he's got the height. Managed to get that bottom rope. That's going to be uh, the advantage here. I mean, Nash is probably half of the ring anyway, like... Yeah. Probably three quarters of it, really. So you had the giant getting Nash in a submission hold. I could hold a <laughs> rope at either end. Works, yeah. And now <laughs> Goldberg taking it to Nash. It might hurt his shoulder a little bit, though. We haven't seen really any weakness from Goldberg. Yes, he's been taken down a couple of times, but oh my word. He's always got up and delivered twice as much damage to his opponent. Knocks Nash down. Oh, pulls Goldberg in, though, head first into the second turnbuck. I mean, Nash has definitely got the experience advantage over Goldberg. No, without a doubt, and he needs to use it here in this uh, situation. Situation. To make to get control over Goldberg. You know, Nash has seen undefeated wrestlers before. The thing with Goldberg is see how long he can go. We've seen him short, sharp, burst. You know, he gets over and done with Nash actually have the energy in him to make Goldberg go past maybe, you know, 10, 15 minutes and see how he responds. Oh! No, he can't. Irish whip. Nash went for the big boot. Goldberg dodged it. Hit the spear and down. <sighs> What's after the spear? Well, James. Well, Nash is maybe out and this is going to be early. And we wondered if Goldberg might be able to try and put Nash away early. This is, this is incredible. He's got him now. Nash is a bit dead weight, though. Oh, my God. Nash with a low blow. And maybe he's playing possum. Hello, possums. Low blow Goldberg. So, after the spear, he got low blowed. Well, that's not the jacking him up and hammering him down. That's just a hammer to the nuts. Well, it's no disqualification, Dan. Anything goes. Nash getting to his feet slowly, but after that spear, it's going to hurt. Oh, stripped Goldberg in a corner. Oh. Picking him up. Sidewalk slam from Nash. Goes for cover. One, two. Oh, Ooh. but Goldberg managing to kick out. Oh. He was trying to beat Goldberg. But it's going to be easier said than done. But Goldberg is in a little bit of trouble here. Would you say this is Goldberg's biggest challenge? I think without a shadow of a doubt. A confident Nash. And he's not put a foot wrong. He's with, you know, he's withstood the early onslaught on the spear. And managed to recover from that. With a low blow. But if anything goes, so, you know, by any means necessary. And like I said, Nash is going to use that experience of his to try and get one over Goldberg by any means necessary. He's hanging Goldberg up on the second rope, knee to the back. And all of Nash's weight onto the back of Goldberg as he was draped over the rope. Goes for another cover. One, two. 
No. Goldberg managing, managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Got power, but not a lot. You've got to wonder what's left in that engine of Goldberg. He's so intense, he expends energy every time he moves. Nash just trying to wear Goldberg down. There's no kind of uh, strategy to beating Goldberg because no one has. No, and this is the crazy thing about it. Nash is going to try different ways, and as he works the back... Goldberg responds with a kick. Well, as the back was getting weak and the front was just getting stronger. But Nash again responding with a big elbow. But it doesn't drop Goldberg. Oh, my God. A short arm clothesline does, though, for a cover, but only two. Two. There's a lot of power in that left by Nash as well. Oh, Nash looking for a suplex. Goldberg turning it into like a neck breaker. But now Goldberg's got Nash. Suplexed him over. Two. Oh. Only gets a two count for Goldberg, though. Two. And that was close. And now Goldberg get back to his feet, aiming another kick. Lovely super kick there. Nash looks a bit dazed. Goldberg recuperating as well. That midsection's been beaten up. Oh, my God. Picks up Nash. As if he was a cruiserweight. Power slam. And if this was Braun Strowman, it would be over oh for Nash my. kicking out. Ah. Well, look how close that was. Nine-tenths there. And I think the next big move by Goldberg might put Kevin Nash away. Irish whip. Oh! Lovely spinning heel kick. I think that's it. I think that's job done. And Disco? Disco Inferno wants to be part of the Wolf Pack. Is he coming out and helping Kevin Nash? Oh, Goldberg lets him get involved in the match. Oh! Spear to Disco. Well, Disco's down. Oh, no. Bam, bam, Bigelow from behind. Disqualification match is over. Well, no, anything. And Bam Bam's allowed to get involved. Gets clothesline out the ring. Eliminated from the rumble. Nash is down as well. Referee's distracted. Goldberg looks to be going for the spear. And oh my God. Scott Hall with a taser. Well, Scott with a taser. The fans were distracted. And the referee was by the security taking Bam Bam away. Goldberg's been hit by the taser. And now Nash has got Goldberg. No, he can't. Jackknife goes for the cover. No. Two, three. The streak is over. Kevin Nash has beaten Goldberg. The crowd can't believe it. We've got a new WCW champion. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? I feel as sick in my stomach as I did the first time I saw it. I know... You know, if if it was to come to an end, to have it coming to an end in uh, mischievous ways, then, you know, it doesn't weaken the Goldberg character. And, you know, you had the distractions as well. It was, it was something that I wouldn't want to see come to an end, but if it was to come to an end in any way, it was probably the best way to do it. Well, Nash looking on and saying, what's wrong with him? I just hit him with a jackknife. Does he know about Scott Hall's interference here? I mean, it's all right if Goldberg tomorrow night on Nitro shows up, takes out Disco, takes out Bam Bam, takes out Scott Hall and says, Nash, I'm coming for you for the title. That's what will make it all right if they've got a plan of action. But your biggest show of the year, you don't have Eric Bischoff beating Ric Flair and you don't sacrifice Goldberg for Kevin Nash. But that's what's happened here. That's what happens when you get creative control. You control of it and Scott Hall... With the taser. 
part of the event staff, and this is the Jack Knife finished it. And to be fair, the crowd went crazy, but I think they were surprised more than anything else that the match was over. Well, how many of them do you think realised that he was tasered? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, got about 40% probably didn't see that bit. Kevin Nash is your champion. Dan, what a night it's been, eh? I Indeed, mean, yes. Well, know. there's one thing I want to know. Are Nash and Hall in cahoots? Well, we will find out because we'll watch Nitro uh, up next. But let's just look back on Starcade before we uh, move on to that. Uh, so the first match, Hoovy versus Ray versus Kim and Dan, what are your thoughts? Absolutely brilliant. All three of them. And, you know, they're all just amazing at what they do. All of them, you know, the biggest stars there and they're the littlest guys. Yeah, without a doubt. Both of these matches with Eddie versus Kim and following it told great stories in it. It's a cla- fantastic opener. And uh, it makes the star of Kidman as well. I gave them both four out of five. I great. gave them both four out of yeah. five as well, yeah. Well, Norman Smiley, Prince Ikea. Uh, Nitro, it should have been on Nitro instead. Smiley's cool and all that lot, but why? Major pay-per-view. Major, Major pay-per-view. Two and a half out of five. I thought Norman was very good, and he and he's quite underrated. I gave that a three and a half out of five. I was... <laughs> That And all that three and a half out of five was for Norman Smiley because he is a very impressive, underrated character. Yeah, well, I mean, he is impressive, but for me, yeah, like I say, two and a half. Then the cat versus Saturn. The cat is very questionable. I mean, he is just a complete fucking idiot. If so much better. Saturn, again, you know, I think he was very underutilised. I gave that two and a half. Uh, I gave it three out of five. It's okay. Nitro on Raw. It should be a Nitro once again. Cat uh, is alright. Adams versus Norton. Adams and Norton versus Finley and Lynn. Two out of five. It was terrible. Fire all of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I gave that a two and a half out of five. I just think it was completely stupid. And talk about completely stupid. You had Conan versus Jericho up next. Well, James, I think you're far too harsh on K Dog. And I'm not even saying that being pretentious or facetious or a dick. I, I think you are too harsh on Conan. Um, I gave that a three and a half out of five. I thought it was quite a very good match. I gave that a three and a half out of five because Jericho carried him. Jericho carried him like a piece of luggage. Uh, then we had Eric Bischoff versus Flair. Good. Yeah, I, I just said what the fuck. I mean, you know, it's... At the granddaddy of them all, you've got to have a good payoff. And I just think that was a completely silly... Especially to have that whole storyline pay out to that. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, I'll go that three out of five. Yeah, I go that three out of five. Uh, DDP versus the Giant. I thought, built up into something quite cool, actually. It felt like I was enjoying myself, you know? It's like, yeah, this is what a paper you should be when you've got looking forward to. And, and I think it paid off. The Dumb Cup at the end was really cool. Giant was still protected, even though they could have buried him, considering he's going to leave soon. Yeah. Uh, I go that four out of five. Uh, yeah, it was it was a very exciting match, and for the way they played it off, it was good. And I also gave that a four out of five, and it kind of opens things up for DDP and Bret Hart once the giant eventually moves on. And then the main event, Goldberg versus Nash. For me, it was too short, and the interference was just like what kind of I don't say come out of nowhere, but like Bam Bam showing up, and then Scott Hall. It's just I don't know if you, the biggest event of the year. You should have your payoffs, and this is what's lacking from WrestleMania at the moment in WWE, and I think it's lacking with Starcade. Your two big guys in Ric Flair and Goldberg ended up losing. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, it, I, the ending, I think it was just silly, and 
Nash didn't need it and Goldberg didn't need it to happen to him. Mm. Uh, I gave that a three and a half out of five though because it was an interesting way of Goldberg losing but not looking weak and it kind of leaves a bit open there as well. Yeah, I, I gave that a four only because um, the build up to it and the kind of feel of the match as well felt a kind of big match feel. And I kind of give it that as opposed to kind of what the end product was. But considering Goldberg's not been around for long and Nash is not the greatest worker, it wasn't too bad a match, you know, even though it could have been maybe a little bit longer. Uh, so my match of the night was DDP versus the Giant. I'm going to give it to that. Dan, what are you going to give it to? I'm going to give it to UV, Ray, and Kidman because yeah. it was probably one of the best triple threat matches I've seen. Yeah, no, it's, it was great, wasn't it? Like, it would, wouldn't be out of place nowadays. And no, that's what it says about certainly it. not. And, you know, just the chemistry all these three guys had as well, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and your rating out of 10, please. Be generous. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 5. Only for, basically, the three matches carried that whole pay-per-view. Yeah, I completely agree. I'll tell you what, if you were to take out... Um, the Smiley Cat Adams match and have a five six card uh, pay per view there. You would have been a really really good pay per view, and you find something else that would have mattered. It would have been seven out of ten. It's not my favourite pay per view of the year for WSW, but uh, what will be? We'll find out at the end of the show. But let's move on to WSW Nitro the night after. It's episode one seven two, December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight. After last night's controversial loss, Ric Flair made a final plea to the smug WCW NWO president, Eric Bischoff. A match where, if Bischoff won, Flair would leave WCW. But Flair had another interesting stipulation attached to this match. Mm. TNT's WCW Monday Night Try from Baltimore, Maryland, featuring Ric Flair, Kevin Nash, Big Papa Pump and Kidman. Well, Nitro started with Eric Bischoff, Kurt Henning, Big Papa Pump and Buff Bagwell sitting in the back of a limousine after Starcade. The NWO Big Wiz laughed about Ric Flair's defeat and made fun of Nature Boy's recent heart attack. The segment was followed by a history of Bischoff chronicling his WSW betrayal, NWO antics and problems with the Four Horsemen. And we move on to our first match, which is the Ernest the Cat Miller with Sonny Ono defeating Shima Nabunga. Well, pre-match, the cat rolled the crowd until Chris Jericho and Ralph has interrupted his egomanical tirade. Walking out with Nobunga, Jericho claimed that he would watch wrestlers back in this bout and that the Japanese superstar would end Miller's open challenge policy. No such luck. The cat ran through the youngster with kicks and chokes. Up next, we have Norman Smiley defeating Chavo Guerrero Jr. with Pepe. We'll do a little dance, win a few matches, let's make money tonight. The grooving Brit maintained control of his opponent until he dared to mess with Chavo's wooden steed. Guerrero went cra- crazier, actually, when Smiley spanked the horsey, but became too distracted by his pet. Eventually got trapped in a chicken wing submission. The film, a film crew documented Raven's return to his parents' house in Florida. The former flock leader complained and whined that his mother tried to make him comfortable and a ham sandwich. Kanye was awed by the surroundings. Well, Booker T defeating Fit Finley and Nitro revisited this classic feud with pleasing and painful results. Both men used their skills, but Booker T looked a little stronger. The Harlem Heater won with a missile dropkick. Well, Mean Gene is interviewing Ric Flair. And Ric Flair started the interview in a sombre mood, but was soon stripping off his clothes and wooing like a fiend. He's taken his coat off and now he's got his jacket. And he said he lives a life like this because people have allowed him to. But if Bischoff wants to take that, 
Oh, no, don't do it, Blair. $2,000 bout. A gold Rolex. And he's ripping $100 bills out. He's probably got about three grand in his pocket. Uh-oh, now the shoes. He threw the Gucci shoes. Oh, my God. <sighs> Poor crowd members get beaten with shoes. No, don't do it, Flair. Oh, no. I can see Flair's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Dan. He has lost it. No. Elbow drop. Oh, my God. He's lost it. He says Bischoff has raped the nature boy tonight. Uh, so, basically, the stipulation is Bischoff won. Flair would never wrestle again. But if Flair was victorious, he'd be allowed to run WWE for 90 days. But Flair's just stripped off it. It's just a crazy Flair interview, isn't it? It is, yeah. Well, not only would he leave, but he'd sign his house, his cars, every single cent he owns over to Bischoff. <coughs> well, Flair wants to run it for 90 days. Why 90 days? I don't know. But still, three months is good enough. And he wants to put Bischoff's head out of Flair's ass. His nipples going further and further under his left arm. I know. Well, Flair has lost it. And he even handcuffs himself to the rope and threatens to take off his boxes. But luckily, Bischoff comes down and accepts the challenge. Yes, up next we have Barry Windham defeating Prince Arkea. And simply, Windham just proved to be too big and strong for the Lucha Libre-influenced wrestler. The ex-horseman ended the bout with a bulldog. Mean Gene Oakland with Officer Tom Atchison. Officer Oakland showed Baltimore fans a stun stick that Scott Hall used to down Goldberg at Starcade. Atchison explained that the stick could knock out a ball and were considered too dangerous for the police to use. Jesus Christ, it only just put Goldberg down. Yeah. Uh, Gene Oakland interviewing DDP and Page humbly celebrated his momentous win over the Giant at Starcade, but then focused on the pay-per-view's most controversial matches. Flair versus Bischoff and Big Sexy versus Goldberg. DDP claimed the black over the world heavyweight belt. He also said he'd be honoured to work for the Nature Boy. Backstage, Kevin Nash and the Wolfpack scolded Disco Inferno for interviewing the main event. Nash claimed that in- Inferno's interference had tainted his win and that he would try and make amends later. Kona suggested Nash set up a match later for Inferno to see if he really wanted to be red and black. Again. Up next, we've got Eddie Guerrero and Juventud Guerrero defeating Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. At first, it appeared that UV and Eddie were still fighting from the previous evening, but their pushing and yelling proved to be an LWO ruse, created to confuse their opponents. It worked. Guerrero, Guerrero kept Mysterio away from his corner and beat the masked luchador with a series of breathtaking double teams. Kidman finally got the tag, but then a miscommunication caused Kidman and Ray to crash heads, allowing Eddie to hit the frog splash on Kidman to score the victory. Well, and up next, the Wolf. I wonder what they got to say after what happened yesterday. I mean, there was two miscarriages of justice at Starcade. Not only Kevin Nash with the World Heavyweight Championship, but Conan as well with a TV title. He can't even bother to bring out the TV title here as he comes out with Lex Luger. Where the hell was he last night, eh? And he's getting booze. He's big sexy. The fans desperate for Goldberg as well. Well, Kevin Nash told fans he was displeased about his win last night and wanted to make some amends. The Wolfpack leader set up a match between Bam Bam Bigelow and Disco Inferno, chastised Scott Hall for interfering and told Goldberg he would give him a rematch next week at the Nitro in Atlanta, Georgia. Wow, so what a huge way to start 1999. Goldberg 
versus Kevin Ash. But up next is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Disco Inferno. And fighting for Wolfpack membership, Disco proved to be courageous, clever, and cunning. Bigelow proved to be a ferocious beast, kicking out of a chart buster. Bigelow, who dominated the majority of the match, executed a vicious power slam power driver, and technically his first win in WCW. And that was greetings from Aylesbury Park. Uh, we get a Dr. Brock segment, and not Brock Lesnar, by the way, James, for what you're thinking. Nitro producers interviewed Dr. Brock, the physician that cared for Ric Flair after his painful chest attacks a few weeks back, even though we found out that... Oh, we find out here. Yeah. Yep, Dr. Brock said that Flair did not have a heart attack but was suffered from digitoxin, a lethal poison. Well, backstage, Gene Oakland accused Eric Bischoff of poisoning Ric Flair. Bischoff became very flustered, but Henning made sure WCW president said nothing incriminating. Yeah, so it wasn't a heart attack, it was poisoning, but wasn't that a case last week when they said that? It's been confirmed here tonight. And up next, it's uh, Scott Steiner with Buff Bagwell versus Conan. Conan, and uh, where was Scott Steiner last night as well, you know? Uh, Conan started strong, but soon fell prey to the outrageous power of Big Papa Pump. So what a match this is, eh? Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner versus Conan. We wanted Black and White versus Wolfpack, and this is what we get in the night after the biggest show of the year, eh? Well, the night after K-Dog courageously successfully defended his title against Erico. Well, the television title (laughs) is on the line. Here tonight, and Conan's in a bit of trouble with Buff's help. Big Papa Pump. He's trying to make an impact here. And some cheating there going on with Buff Bagwell interfering in uh, K-Dog's match. K-Dog. And now Scott Steiner's got the Wolfpack t-shirt, spits it, throws it on the floor. What a lucky fan that would be getting that. Not only has it got K-Dog's spit on it, but it's got Scott Steiner's spit. (laughs) The largest arms in the world, Jack. Now Scott Steiner has got Conan in the trio woe. And Conan likes to get beaten up in matches, doesn't he? He's just absorbing the punishment and he's wearing his opponent out. Oh, he's getting worn out by Scott Steiner. Look at Buff. Getting involved illegally in the match. And they're so useless, the uh, trio woe doesn't last. What an awful match for all three involved. And like Conan deserves a lot better. Belly to belly suplex. I yeah. spend an hour and a half a day admiring my penis. Heenan says he spends 90 minutes a day. Scott Steiner does. Mine himself and Steiner's got Conan up. Oh, Conan though with a backslide and uh, DDT, a reverse DDT onto Scott Steiner. Very impressive there. Is it an inverted DDT? Well, Buff Bagler trying to cheer his man on. Oh my God, Conan fighting back. Getting a boot up to the chin of Steiner, though, and just wailing away at his face. Now, Conan, Irish ripping Scott. Jumping over the top. Leapfrog. X-Factor. And he's not going for the cover. <laughs> oh, my God. What's Conan doing? It's the leader of the black Tequila and white. Sunrise. Well, Tequila Sunrise in and Buff Bagwell stopping Scott Steiner. Oh, here comes Lex Luger. He's had enough of his interfering. And he's pulling Buff Bagwell, but he basically pulls Scott Steiner off that submission there. And now the black and white said they want Lex Luger. And Lex Luger up the apron. What's that, my love? <clears throat> and Conan distracted him from behind. Doesn't really sell it. Oh, Bagwell low-bridging Conan. Sending him crashing to the outside. 
I think only after Luger knocked Conan off the apron. He's only got eyes on Buff. And now Scott Steiner throwing Conan in. Got the Steiner recliner. Conan's got no choice, surely. Don't call me. Sh- Taps out. We got a new television champion, Scott Steiner, Dan. After cheating his way to victory. What do you mean cheating? I mean, come on there. Come on, Steiner won it fair and square. The television championship has been saved. And Scott Steiner is your new champ. No longer Conan. Dan, what do you think of the match? Shit. It was an awful match, wasn't it? But you got asked yourself <coughs> a question. It was a shit match, but you got asked yourself a question. Are Lex Luger and the NW Blackwhite in cahoots? Did Lex Luger cost a match for Conan there? You know, these are the questions that you've got to ask yourself because it looked very suspicious in my eyes. Well, up next we have Scott Hall defeating Brian Adams with Vincent. Yeah, and here's the main culprit of the whole thing. The guy who cost Goldberg last night. (laughs) (laughs) Without glasses. Yeah, good one. Oh, what did Scott Hall say then? Well, pre-match, Hall complained about not being invited to Nash's victory party and Adams took advantage of the Lone Wolf's preoccupation and took control early in the match with big boots and gorilla press slams. But Hall absorbed the beating and hit the outsider's edge when Adams began pandering to the crowd. Well, up next, it's Ric Flair versus Eric Bischoff and we get in Michael Buffer doing the big entrances here. Well, pre-match, while Flair waited in the ring, Eric Bischoff attempted a limo getaway. I said, uh, are you ready? He does get a superstar treatment, though, with the pyro. Well, he is coming out here. He is WWE's past. Will it be WWE's future? They fucked up at Starcade last night, didn't they? Having Flair lose. Will they sort it out tonight and actually give him a victory. It'd be interesting to see. Again, we've not seen any of the four horsemen, but Flair will go into battle tonight. We saw how crazy he was early on, and he's ready for action now. There are stars, there are superstars, and then there are living legends. And Ric Flair is above the living legend category. Wow. And where is Bischoff? Come on. He agreed to the match. He can take Flair out of wrestling. Here comes Bischoff now. Making his way to the ring in a Goldberg-style entry. And Bischoff saying, no way. Jose. And he's right by the entrance. We're going to see him come out any second now. Wait a minute. He's not got any entrance. The announce table's there. He's avoiding that. And he's heading towards an exit. What? Where's he going? Into the limo. He doesn't want anything to do with Flair. He's a nut and he's going to get in his NWA limousine. Oh, wait a minute. Mongo! Mongo, Malenko, Benoit, the horsemen are finally showing up and they're taking Bischoff back to the ring. We're going to get a match next. And they're carrying Bischoff back. (coughs) Mongo, Mongo, Mongo. Well, we've seen all the greats now. And President WCW has been brought in. He wants time out. And Bischoff doesn't want anything to do it. Charles Robson rings the bell. And now Flair's smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face because Ric Flair 
has been handed to him on a silver platter. Oh. Oh. And just like last night, a bit of how's your father? <clears throat> and now the leather jacket is off, so Bischoff means business. Oh, my God. Huge chop. The last Nitro of 1998. Flair wants to send a statement. And another low blow <laughs> by the dirtiest player in the game. Well, how can Bischoff survive this? Charles Robinson. Charles in charge. Well, Charles in charge. How can Bischoff withstand the punishment now? Just quit, Bischoff. We saw him with Kurt Henning earlier. Oh, my God, Robinson. Another bump. He's on your side, Rick. Just let have two low blows. Uh-oh, T-shirt's off now. The guns are on show for Bischoff. And a wicked chop there. Woo! Bischoff in serious trouble. And he's got the four horsemen there, or three horsemen outside the ring. Flair absolutely loving this. Uh-oh. That's why the horsemen were there. Well, Virgil, uh, Vincent, sorry, and Horace come down. but get caught by the horsemen. The D members of the NWO. And Horace is broken through, but only as far as Belenko. And now Flair with an elbow drop. We've seen him drop that elbow many a time on his suit jackets <laughs> and the ring apron. He hit it earlier with just his boxes, <laughs> but here comes Bagwell. Here comes Henning. Here comes Norton and Scott Steiner now. Pretty much all of the NWO is out. Well, it's all the main members and all fighting. Uh-oh, here comes a giant. Well, he lost last night and he's not stopping. He's going straight to the ring. You don't forget, he's black and white as well. Oh, my God, and a giant headbutt. And he's going to choke slam Ric Flair. <clears throat> and oh my god Arn Anderson's coming out with DDP Macho There's... man's back with Elizabeth Macho just walking to... is that Elizabeth he's with? I don't know he's got the NWO shirt on he's got the black and white shirt on though and he's going to be a part of the NWO Macho's back and the giant it says it's just too sweet oh oh low blow by Macho Eliminates him from the rumble. What's going on with Macho? Has he turned his back on the black and white? Well, he was Wolfpack anyway, so I don't know. He's full put one over on a giant. Maybe he's not part of anything anymore. Ric Flair's got Bischoff up. A lovely delayed vertical suplex. And now the crowd, I think, realise it's going to go in their favour. Figure four locked in. Horsemen and WCW members surrounding the ring. And Bischoff's got a couple of choices. Snap or tap. And he gives up. And Bischoff we... calls it. Ric Flair has got control of WCW for 90 days. Yeah, WCW actually have a feel-good moment. As the Horsemen and some WCW members and Conan come out. There's Booker T as well. Booker. He's loving it. <laughs> Ric Flair has control. Of WCW. They get one over finally on the NWO. Dan, what are your thoughts? It was a good payoff, and I suppose to do it this way, it kind of uh, was a way of boosting ratings yeah. for Nitro. You know, to have the final payoff for a cover as well, just to... 
and insult to injury. And here comes Dave Zabisco as well. The living legend, Mike Tanay. Tony Schiavone. The Rolls, baby. The American dream. And they have got control of WCW again. And with Goldberg getting his rematch next week in Georgia, is it time that WCW are going to turn this thing around? This is the questions that we're going to ask. But I've enjoyed Nitro tonight, and I didn't mind Starcade, to be fair, Dan. No, Starcade wasn't terrible. And to have the payoff the following week, and you're kind of getting answers to all the questions that Starcade produced. I mean, you know, it's kind of like the Monday Night Raw after Mania. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what... The kind of pressure they give, and and uh, we'll well we'll talk about this. I mean, it's been a good nitro, but how did they do in the ratings? Well, James, Raw got a four point nine, and Nitro got a four point six. So they missed out by point three, even though they're coming off their biggest event of the uh, year. But would Goldberg have swayed the ratings attacking either Hall or Bam Bam or even both of them? I think definitely. If Goldberg come out and said, I'm not taking it anymore, I'm going to spear people until I get what I want, that would have been a lot better than Nash giving away the opportunity like the way he did. As Flair's now gone back to the figure four on that. I think so indeed, but Raw did win the ratings war, but did it win? We'll find out after we watch Monday Night Raw. But that is it for Night Show. And it's Raw episode 292. We're in Albany, New York. And let's watch the start. So Kane's part of the corporation. And Vincent Mann's freak. We saw it in heat. Kane has got no choice. But I think he's called because a couple of things. Like uh, what's missing from nowadays. Talking of comparison. So you get the kind of build up for what happened last week. So the story still continues. You get a great Raw intro as well, which just shows it as like a, one of my first memories of seeing the Raw opening video, because it's all vicious moments, isn't it? Blood, and the hell in a cell, and the tables, and stuff, that fire. And then it starts, and we get straight into the kind of story as well, after the fireworks. Look, Look how many signs. signs. <laughs> <coughs> my God. Everybody's got their phones now. So many fucking weed signs as yeah. well. I'm a three-time world time cry champion. The cat's getting a shout-out, man. Oh, we go, look at this. The corporation backstage. Vincent Mann, Shane McMahon, Hatam, Big Bossman. Ken Shamrock calls Test, Test. Yeah, that, that is, is test. test. Kane, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. My God. So as so, soon as Shawn Michaels walks through the door, he's going to be humiliated and fired by Vincent Mann. And he got something special for mankind. <laughs> Let Shamrock go first. So this is, a, this is WWE's version of a, a group and they're hunting down Mankind. They want Kane to go in there. Is it quite intimidating group? Kane, Test, Shamrock and Bossman. It quite is, isn't it? You know? Indeed, yes. Oh, wait a minute. From out of the shadows, Mankind appears and uh, takes out who he can. We can't really see too much. No. It's quite dark. You can hear him, though. Like, but Kane overpowers him, and uh, I think the numbers game gets to him. My God, and Mankind caught there. And they're saying, don't kill him. Just punch him up, beat him up a little bit. Give him some hard time. Well, they found a gang up on him, and Vincent Mann told him he'll get a shot at the hardcore title against the Road Dog. And out in the ring, the Road Dog was just getting ready to defend his championship against Val Venus, a match... Ordered by Commissioner Michaels. Yeah, so interesting thing there. 
And just as we're getting into it, come out quickly and interrupt to the match, making it a no contest. Here comes Test. And why the hell are the corporation just running through the entire roster? They've beat up Val Venus instead. It's going to be no rules for a hardcore title match, and yet no contest. Well, DX have made their way to the ring, and they're going to defend their territory. Well, Team Corporate come out quickly and interrupted the match, ending it in a no contest. But man then informed the Road Dog that he'd have to put the title on the line again later against the king of hardcore, Mankind. Leona, still a right after Shane was beaten on by Mankind and DX last week, was also angry at Commissioner Michaels but prevent the corporation from coming to Shane's aid. He announced that the moment Commissioner Michaels arrives at this arena, I'll put him in the ring and I'm going to humiliate him and I'm going to publicly fire his ass. Well, punishment for befriending mankind. I, th- I think it is. All DX will wrestle here tonight. So DX have been friendly with mankind recently. I think they're going to pay. And uh, I think Al had his first bloodbath as well. Yeah, well, Al Snow apparently hadn't changed his clothes since the bloodbath last week. Took on another member of the brood, Edge. As if Snow wasn't drained before, it quickly became clear that he has completely lost it. He grabbed Head and used them to pummel an Edge, leading to his own disqualification. The brood came down, but the job score quickly followed, and the brawl ensued. However, Snow completely oblivious as he grabbed Head and exited through the crowd. And backstage, X-Pac was seen talking to Dennis Knight, who said, He told me to be here, although it was unclear who he was. I wonder who he is. Sable was scheduled to defend the women's title for the first time, but her opponent, the Spider Lady, ran to the ring and attacked Sable before the match got underway. The Spider Lady kicked her and even grabbed the championship belt and whipped the femme fatale repeatedly across the back. The old ladies came out to help their friend Sable, but the Spider Lady took off her mask to reveal she was... Luna! <gasps> the old ladies seemed just as confused as the fans. Luna's left the ring and looked back at the old ladies. The uh, could be over her saying, You're confused, it's about me and what I deserve. So as Luna turned her back... On the oddities then. As further punishment for putting the Bronco Buster on Shane, Mr. McMahon forced X-Pac to defend the European title against the Big Boss Man. Against the Big Boss Man. X-Pac was given up nearly £100, but was as resilient as ever. He was in control as a corporate insurance policy. Test, test, it is test, walked towards the ring. Mm. And what an interesting matchup it is, you know, Big Boss Man versus X-Pac. You've got the enforcer. Of their versus the heart and soul of DX, X-Park. And of course, X-Park got destroyed by Kane on Sunday Night Heat. But still showing it. Oh, Bossman looked really terrible there. Well, Bossman went for a splash and I think he was, he was scared to land. X-Park fighting back. But X-Park is really over as well. The fans really love him. You know, the plucky underdog. Uh-oh, and now he's got Bossman in the corner. The Bronco Buster hits Bossman with it. Oh, but here comes Test. And the corporate insurance policy looking on. And X-Pac's not giving up yet. Big boom. Oh, but here comes Val Venus running from behind. Well, let's not forget Val Venus got beaten up earlier. He's attacked by the corporation. Referee's call for the bell here. Two-on-one attack on Venus. Oh, kick test down low. Well, now X-Pac's up. Oh, over the top rope, taking out Bossman. Oh, my God, all four men battling to the outside. Referees and officials down trying to stop this. It's all go at the moment with the corporation getting in everybody's faces. It is indeed, yeah. Oh, God. Well, Goldust and Steve Blackman teamed up to face two superstars who have been known to dress as a blue blazer. Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Owen had the lethal weapon in the sharpshooter, but Dan the moustache Severin appeared suddenly and, Cal- and the Calgary native 
and the Calgary native lost his concentration, eventually allowing Blackman the opportunity to roll him up for the pin. Out in the parking lot, Dennis Knight was sitting in his car. I wonder what could go wrong here. Oh my God, wait a minute. It looks like the, the acolytes are there. And they've light into the trunk of his own car. And they're driving away. Why? Why? What kind well, of motive would they have? I, I mean, mean, what has Dennis Knight done? We've come back from the break. I mean, have we got any have we got better footage of this? Maybe the attack that has just happened? Or are we going to see is Dennis Knight just being reversed out of here and driven away by the acolytes? I think that's all we're going to see. Well, wait a minute here. Moments ago, we've seen a better version of this. So Dennis Knight was in his car. Just about to leave to go home. And the acolytes here, and they beat him up, beat the shit out of him, stick him in a boot, take him home. I suppose jobs are good in there. Wow. Well, up next, back in the ring, and Triple H has an opportunity to regain the Intercontinental titles he took on Ken Shamrock. This is classic DX. Let's just look a bit of classic DX here. You're Billy Gunn, X-Puck, China, Road Dogg, and of course, Triple H. Yeah, that classic DX, eh? Isn't that brilliant? The corporate team and DX remained at ringside during the match. Shamrock went after Triple H's left knee, which kept the leader of DX out for month, out for months. The Intercontinental Champion applied the ankle lock, but Triple H walked towards the ropes. But even after the Degenerate reached the ropes, Shamrock refused to release the hold and was eventually disqualified. Yeah, so there's the ankle lock. We know how dangerous it is. And even with, you know, Triple H fighting there, we've got to think about his injuries and what he has sustained in the past. You know, it's not good. Well, Billy Gunn came to Triple H's aid and with seconds, DX and the corporation were rumbling inside the ring. ring. However, Kane merely stood outside and watched until the Stooges ordered him to fight for the corporation. By the time the Big Red Machine got the ring, the brawl really ended. Backstage, Billy Gunn, who defeated Ken Sharrock, what turned out to be a non-title match last week, exchanged heated words with the world's most dangerous man. Well, sexual chocolate Mark Henry came to the ring to apologise to China for taking up the offer of PMS last week. The pretty mean sisters appeared and told Henry they had big plans for him. Then, shockingly, China came out. He's like, damn right, I'm getting me some China. Oh, Jackie's not that scared. Well, China grabbed the microphone and told PMS for the first time the last time. You stay away from my man. She grabbed Jacqueline by the throat and tossed her and promised not to be so ladylike next time. She then went over to Sexual Chocolate, who seemed to be just as surprised by China's pronouncements as anyone, and said, I'll see you later. Oh, my God. Well, backstage, the corporation was assaulting the Godfather, who was scheduled to take on Billy Gunn in singles competition. Miss Frost came to the ring, but when the Godfather's music played, instead and said there had been a change and Gunn was going to face corporate Kane. So we've seen X-Puck have the odds stacked up against him. We know the road dog's got to go through hell. Triple H was beaten up. And now Billy Gunn's got to go past corporate Kane. And Showman introduced him as corporate Kane as well, which is great. Famous by Billy Gunn. But Kane's pretty much up to his feet straight away. Oh, my God. And now Billy Gunn with the big right hands and Kane staggering a little bit. Oh, eliminates himself and Kane from the rumble. But Kane landed on his feet. Gunn sent into the apron. Kane's back in, breaking the lock, and oh no! From behind, Shamrock locking in the ankle lock, guns tapping out, but it doesn't matter because Shamrock's not involved in the match. No, an attack from behind, referee can't see it. And this is terrible. And Shamrock has definitely snapped here as Patson causes distraction. And Shamrock sucks chance, and Kane looking down at Billy Gunn. And now Kane's going to go for the choke slam. 
Oh my goodness. Hits him with a choke slam. Well, the instructions of uh, Briscoe. Patterson? Briscoe. Patterson and Briscoe, I guess. At the instructions from the Stooges, he picks up uh, Badass and uh, choke slams him again. Before he could, DX showed up and made the rescue. Yeah, Kane hit with choke slam twice, but the Stooges insisted that he did it for the third time. Just as he went to do it, and DX showed up and made the rescue. So DX is still standing up for what they believe in. Well, the Road Dog was forced to defend his title for a second time, this time against the king of hardcore, Mankind. The two superstars used a technician's table, toolbox, chair, and steel tray, among other weapons, as they battled on the steel entranceway and out in the crowd. After Mankind put the dog through a table, another table, The Rock, who joined Michael and Jerry guest commentary, said he was going to show Mankind the right way to lay the smackdown. Show Mankind the right way to lay the smackdown. And now look at Mankind with big right hands to Road Dog. He's in serious trouble. He's got a big TV monitor. Oh, oh wow, Mankind looking to monitor the situation. Situation. But luckily enough, Gun was... Uh, luckily enough, Road Dog sidestepped it. Hit Mankind with a chair. And then uh, Mankind accidentally took out... Uh, I suppose it was a road agent there. <laughs> a roadie. He's £10 a monkey crap in a £5 bag. And what a brawl this has been. And even though they're probably friends, Mankind just wants to fight and wants to win that hardcore title back. And now he's got Socko. And Socko's in. And it's what beat the rock at rock bottom. Oh, Mankind's climbing. And oh, the rock's just God. saying he's going to teach the millions and millions of fans the right way to lay the smackdown. Well, Mankind must be at least 10 foot in the air. At least 15 foot. Drops the elbow through Road Dog, who was prone across a table. And we're going to have a new hardcore champion. But the Rock's laying in wait. Well, oh. the Rock counted down, planted Mankind with a Rock bottom. Oh, and the Rock laid the smack down. Yeah, that's a great idea, Rock. Walk through the cold crowd for the people. And Road Dog goes for the cover. I don't think he knows what's going on. Drapes an arm across. One, One two, two, three. And still... Your hardcore champion, the Road Dog, but still shenanigans involved there, Dan. Indeed, yes, a lot of shenanigans. And who's in cahoots with who? Well, I guess Road Dog didn't know anything about it because when he saw what happened on the Titantron, he was a rate of the rock. He said, I don't want it like that. And Mankind has been screwed yet again by the corporation. Well, as he has promised, McMahon called out Commissioner Michaels and the owner said after Michaels held back the corporation from helping Shane... But man realised that the heartbreak kid sucked as a... Well, he then told him straight out, You're fired. Let's see if it plays. Oh, Vince McMahon doesn't lay down for anybody. It's one of Sean Michaels' old sayings. Get told off like a student at school. And he's just fired Sean Michaels. The commissionership for Sean Michaels is over. Oh, Michaels is walking away. Yeah. Pow! Switching music. Sean Michaels lays out Vincent Mann. And he strips, much like Ric Flair. Yeah, we've seen two men get naked here tonight. Two men. One man ended the other man's career. It did indeed. And Sean Michaels... Oh, I thought he was going to have a DX shirt on underneath. That would have been cool. fraction. And I think he's humping McMahon and then gets out of harm's way because the corporation have come out. Sean Michaels gets one over yes, on the corporation. But... You must know the rules of the ring, James. Once you enter the ring, 
You cannot exit it. That's true. So what are your thoughts on that, Dan? I thought it was good. It was very entertaining. No Austin, though. What happened to him? Well, Austin is not there. He had his big buried alive match. We know he's got a bit of rumble. But WWE don't need him. They won the rating war, didn't they? After WWE, WCW's biggest show. And the corporation storyline of making DX pay. And Mankind opens it up for other faces as well. And not just Austin. So before we give you the uh, five-point system of Raw and uh, SmackDown, uh, Raw and Nitro this month, uh, we'll talk about the pay-per-views that we've watched this year because we've watched 12 pay-per-views, six from WWE, six from WSW, and we're going to pick out what our pay-per-view of the year was. So for WWE, we have watched the Raw Rumble. WrestleMania. Over the Edge. King of the Ring. SummerSlam. And Survivor Series. So obviously the big four plus, you know, a couple of other memorable moments. WWE watched Super Brawl. Spring Stampede. Bash at the Breach. Full Brawl. Halloween Havoc. And Starcade. Yeah, so that's 6-6. Six, six. So my paper of the year, I've got to say, it was probably... Oh, I love SummerSlam 1998 and I love Survivor Series 1998 as well. They are great shows, but I don't think... Uh, they would be able to happen if WrestleMania 14 wasn't such a big success. And I think with the Shawn Michaels and Austin, with Austin going over, I think with the Mike Tyson involvement, with Undertaker and Kane match, and of course with uh, DX, you know, Triple H taking over, the night after WrestleMania was vitally important as well, with DX taking and Austin feud being drawn out there. I think WrestleMania 14 for me is my pay-per-view of the year. I'm going to have to go with King of the Ring. Off, oh, absolutely, you know, it, it probably wasn't the event on the whole, it was just mainly that one match, and, you know, uh, well, the two matches, really, it was a Hell in a Cell match and the the main event as well, I mean, I, it, it was just absolutely amazing, and seeing what Mick Foley went through as well, it was just crazy. Yeah. Right, so, there are two papers of the year, but WWE, you know, don't get me wrong, Halloween Havoc was entertaining, Starcade wasn't too bad as well. BATB wasn't bad either. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they all delivered, didn't they, pay-per-views, really, this year. But let's go back to who's leading the year. So we do it every month. But it's just quite crazy. We look back and look at the scores. January to April was a WCW win. So when they were on top of the ratings war, they were actually winning on the WNR podcast. Yes, uh, May to October, the WWE win. Yeah, which is, you know, again, they were on top during the ratings war. November, we picked WCW to win. So that, it was quite close throughout November, though, for the ratings. Close. Yeah, very, very. So it's 6-5 to WWE at the moment. But it's double points this month, so the winner will get two points. So Nitro could win if it wins out this month. So we've got a five-point system. We've got match. Promo. Roster. Setting. And rating. So let's get through it. And we've got overall as well. We'll do Nitro and Raw at the same time. Dan, what have you thought of the setting of Raw and Nitro this month? Well, this month... I don't know. I've really not been impressed with WCW's setting. You know that um, at uh, Starcade, it looked like someone had just handwritten a sign, and it was being span about like a a static screen. Yeah, but I mean, what have Raw really offered up anything differently recently? I mean, they've kind of been the same kind of. Set up, didn't they? Rock Bottom wasn't the kind of best setup in the world. It was just a couple of pictures of Rock. The Buried Alive set was quite cool there. But I think with Nitro, it's kind of been beaten out raw recently because I think it's more aesthetically pleasing. Plus, the kind of, like I said, the big arenas, big stadiums they've been doing basically. You know, you've got Georgia next week. We've had uh, in Miami, there was a, a big stadium as well. So I think we've just kind of where it's based at the moment. I think Nitro for me 
looks a little bit better setting wise. But saying that, I think Raw are kind of delivery delivering consistent as well. But what's your scores for settings then for Raw and Nitro? I'm going to give them a three apiece. That's fair. I'm going to give them a three and a half out of uh, five together. Uh, move on to roster, and of course this month roster, it's kind of the same story, WWE, we're not going to see re-changes to the roster until the start of the year in 1999, and then we're going to have a lot of uh, people moving around, some good, some bad. I still think WWE roster, but I still think WWE uses their talent better, so for me again it's evenly scored, what are your thoughts? Yeah, as you're saying, I think the only good thing that WWE have got going is kind of like the resurgence of Flair and the loss of Hogan. Which, you know, I think that's that's a, a major point, major point, um, in WCW's favour. So I'm going to mark them three and a half for WCW and three for WWE. That's fair enough. Uh, I'm going to give uh, Roster both a four out of five for that one. Uh, match, uh, what do you thought the matches this month? The matches, um, I, th- I think, you know, with... With a lot of the Raw, it's been kind of focusing solely on the corporation and, you know, their dominating and their dominating presence. You know, they're kind of taking over things. But I think they're doing it in a better way than the NWO was. You know, they're doing it in a I don't, in a more commanding way, but it's, it's, you know, it's they're getting a similar effect. But I think the corporations is working a bit better. Yeah. Like matches overall, like with the matches and the endings and the way they've mm-hmm. ended, I'm gonna have to give WWE a three and a half, and WCW because you know even on their year end pay per view, you know like the grandest daddy of them all, they still had three Nitro worthy matches, but then you had like the Flair Bischoff, so it kind of evens it out. I feel the matches at WWE seem to be slightly better this month, just because of kind of Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and Kidman and people involved in that. Whereas I still think there's a lot of DQ finishes on Raw and on Nitro as well. We've not seen that many clean finishes. At paper, you see more clean finishes for WWE than you do WCW. I don't think it's been that bad this month. I don't think we've been really focusing on matches though this month. It's been more about the promos and about what people are doing in ring corporation, Ric Flair, and of course, you know, the Wolfpack and stuff like that as well. So I'm going to give uh, the matches for me three and a half out of five for both Raw and Nitro. Just because, again, very similar. And we're focusing more on the promos. And speaking of promos, I think the promo has been the most important thing this month. I think with WSW finally showing uh, stuff about the Bischoff and Flair feud. Uh, recapping us on that, especially Goldberg and Nash as well, letting us know what's going on. And Raw is kind of second to none, letting us know the storylines as well and the stipulations and letting us know what, exactly what's happening, even if we missed something out. So it's going to be very even there for promo. What are you reckoning? I, I think, but, you know, it's... Again, you're not quite sure what's going on with Nash. You're not quite sure what's going on with Hall. You know, you don't quite know their agendas. WWE, they kind of make their agendas clear. And, you know, they do hang it all out on the table. But also on WCW, you've got the Ric Flair interviews and him stripping naked, ripping up $100 bills, throwing Gucci shoes into the crowd. It's absolutely monumental. So I'm going to give them both three and a half. I'm going to give them both four out of five as well. I think that's really, really good. So now we come down to the rating. Dan, out of 10, what have you given Nitro? What have you given Raw this month? I'm going to give it a seven and a half. And for WCW, I'm going to replicate that with another seven and a half. I think, you know, overall, they have been 
entertaining. And, you know, as we say, it's not all been about the wrestling. It's been mainly about what's been going on the wrestling. So you give Raw 7. As as I say, you know, overall it has been very entertaining. Uh, I think for me, uh, Nitro is good this month. Uh, I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. I think, you know, it's, it's been entertaining. I wouldn't mind watching more of Nitro. I think Raw, for me, just been slightly better, just slightly more exciting. So I'm going to give that an 8 and a quarter. Uh, eight, Yeah, 8 and a quarter. So it beats Nitro out by a quarter here. So, Dan, can I have some music whilst I work out all the scores for Raw and Nitro, please? Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. I got everything I ever Yo. wanted, and I'll never Yo. give that back. Yo. Oh, I know you hate the that factor. factor, but you ain't gotta look at me like that. I said you ain't gotta look at me like that. What you looking at? What you looking at? What you looking at? I worked it out, and Dan, my gosh, it's quite incredible here. So we worked it out. You both scored Raw and a Nitro, 20 and a half each. So it's down to what I did, all right? And I've got to say, there's a quarter point in it. Because I scored Raw, eight and a quarter, that is pushed over the line. Total for Nitro is 43 and a half. Total for Raw this month is 43 and three quarters. So Raw wins... And they are the winner. They win 7-5. And WWE win 8-5 overall. Uh, so they won 7 out of the... 8. No, no, no. Cause it's double points for this. Yeah. It was 6-5. So they won 7 out of the... 7 out of the 12 months. WWE won 5. But because it's double points December... Exactly. They've got an extra point there. So it's 8-5. But 7 months. It's not bad. WWE were not dead. There's still a ratings war. It was DDP. Double December points. Exactly, double December points, DDP. But that's how close it was. WSW was still in the war. Will it be this close when we do it next year? I don't know. Dan, what have you thought of WWE versus WSW for 1998? We've watched the whole year now. Well, I feel that we're starting to see the decline of WSW, especially with the shady circumstances that Goldberg lost the title and, you know, who's in cahoots with who there. It's you, you don't quite know what is going on on WCW, where on WWE you have got a clear picture, and that clear picture is that the corporation is in control and they will do what it takes, and they can do what it takes to just make it their own. I mean, they've got a story set there. They've got the degenerates of mankind fighting them, and they've got Stone Cold Steve Austin, whereas the faces on Nitro, I think it's the first time the Nitro, uh, the faces have come out on top a little bit with the four horse, with Paige, and with Booker T and everything like that. But there's still hope. They can still respond from Goldberg losing his streak. What will happen at the Georgia Dome uh, in front of one of the biggest crowds of all time when uh, WWE and WWE go head-to-head January 4th? We'll find out next month for WWE versus WWE. But that's it for now. Next episode is dubbing our New Year's Spectacular. We'll be there reviewing all of 2018. And we've got the year-end predictions as well. Can da- Can James overcome an 11-point deficit in the year-end predictions. There's 31 points on the line. 32? 31, 32. But you get another six points anyway because you won the three league tables. That can happen for the New Year Spectacular. We'll have a full review of every podcast we've released. we released 93 episodes by the time uh, the, the New Year Special will come out this year. And we'll have a look at each one of them and, of course, a year in review as it was. And the WNR Awards. But that's it for WWE versus WWE. Anything else, Dan? 
Goldberg was screwed. Yeah, he really was. Anyway, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WNetworkView or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins across all the Google platforms, WNetworkView on Google+. Send us an email at podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WNetworkView. Network Review. We've got clips on there and the podcast go at the same time on YouTube and other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio. We've got a live shows coming in January. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But we'll see you for the New Year Spectacular. I have been James Rodens, and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.